Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to a brand new installment of Dead and Lovely, the greatest horror movie podcast in all the known multiverse and beyond. Here with the host with the most whites, me, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve Spettler. Oh my God, the crowd is going wild. Positively nuts. That guy looks great. He's awesome. Their bras and panties just flying all over that feller. Please tell us about... How you used to teach a class at UT again. <laughs> Tell us about it some more. Tell us about that time you got your neck guy. We were big you fans. You have a very of limited set of stories. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing this week there, Hollywood Steve? Uh, I'm doing great. Yeah? What's been uh, going on? Not a whole lot. Yeah, keeping it real. Watching out for mostly, werewolves. Mostly keeping it real and keeping an eye out for werewolves. Stop I always got... Some silver with me. I got mm. my wolf spain. Ooh, that's um, handy to have on hand. Yes. Yeah. I'll have, I don't know, a sorceress nearby who can maybe de-wolfify de- wow. him. Yeah. Very important to have around. You never know when you might need one of those. Enchantresses, they're, listen, you feel like you don't need one until the second you do. Exactly. It's like insurance, man. You're like, why am I paying for this? No need. Then you need it. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, brother. That's what they say about enchantresses. That's right. En- that's right. Enchantresses. Enchantresses. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. It's definitely one of those. It's been a dang old busy week for me, Steve. I've yeah. been I've been sailing smooth, yacht rocking a whole bunch. That's awesome. You yeah. were wearing a a white linen uh, get up. Oh, dude, that all looked linen. awesome. All linen. I I've got a white linen shirt, which I never was sure when I'd be able to use. Found a use for it. <laughs> You unbutton that thing down low, put a gold chain on. Yeah. Get you a ponytail going on. Didn't Bobby McFerrin have a white that linen? Sounds right. Like on the cover of yeah. Don't Worry, Be Happy. I think so. I think you're right. So you're basically Bobby McFerrin. I like that. I, I decided like this would be my, my outfit for the show. I was like, yeah, yeah this is going to work. And I roll up and our keyboard player and Smooth Sailor is like, dude, your outfit's awesome. You look like a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. You kind of are a cult leader. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Only I don't have that tax-free status. I'm missing out on all the best parts. You just need to fill out a few papers and boom, tax-free. Scientology did it. Yeah, that's right. Where's Shelly Miscavige? Anybody yeah, know? I, I want to know. I do want to know People that. need to yeah. know, man. You know, back in the MySpace days. Way my, back. I know. Uh-huh. My handle was Legendary Hans. I remember that. And there was uh, a fan of mine who started up a another MySpace page that was called the Hanstralites, <gasps> which was the religion of uh, of Hans worship. Wow! So this ain't my first time being a cult leader. This ain't your first rodeo. Yeah, yeah. The power just has a way of finding me, I suppose. You know the person who is at their first rodeo is sitting there like, "This is my first rodeo." <laughs> Don't please tell anybody explain, that. Please explain this to me. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. What are you First doing that thing's nuts? Oh, my God. But you do know about rodeos that after your first experience, you mm-hmm. know everything there is to know. That's why you can say, this isn't my first rodeo. So, in other words, what you're saying is there's not really that much to know about rodeoing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of learn it all the first time. Yeah. You, you catch it all the first time. Huh. I don't know how you could. I still, I've been to a rodeo, and I'm still a little perplexed as to why there are people out there dressed like clowns, and yeah. what 
what what the purpose of any of it is. Yeah. Yeah. To prove who can hang on to a bucking bronco, dude. Obviously. I mean, but it's been around forever. I mean, the the bull leapers and the that they found in Crete. Yeah. The, the oh yeah, they would do that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So they found that youths used to do crazy shit with bulls so not much has changed man like i still look around at great big crowds of people and i go which one of these guys could hang on to a bull with its nuts <laughs> in, a, in a fucking clamp yeah exactly <laughs> which one of these guys could ride bodacious you remember bodacious yeah. <laughs> that's one of those like you definitely you know you know that you grew up in the south yeah, in the late know, 80s if early you know 90s. the name of a monster truck and a, and a bucking bull yeah exactly yeah did you ever hear the ballad of bodacious by uh, primus no it is a song about bodacious that's awesome and it it's awesome yeah obviously great baseline right but they used to sell that like vhs compilation of all of like bodacious's uh-huh. like craziest right near deaths that that thing would cause <laughs> those were the days do you remember the late night like monster truck videos fuck yeah, yeah. absolutely so you could watch grave digger versus godzilla or something mm-hmm. bigfoot bigfoot that was it not what, godzilla what was your, your favorite monster truck from back in the day grave digger me too yeah all That's day obvious. it was grave digger it was man. so cool uh-huh dude it was easily the most metal <laughs> yeah monster truck that's so why was. that that swirled guitar back there that's the purple that's and green grave and black digger, yeah. like literally i was yeah. like i need to do this in grave digger that's colors awesome. for grave digger <laughs> still the best man still the best i still have this like odd desire to one day pilot a monster truck and just roll over cars. That would be fun. It would be amazing. There's no doubt about it. It would be fun. Like, all of the most dangerous, insane shit that we're like, you know, probably shouldn't exist. The reason it exists because it's fun. Yeah, they wouldn't <laughs> do it if it wasn't. It's real fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, what you been watching this week, man? Um, I watched a little movie called Final Exam. It was a small movie, a movieette, uh, a featurette. It was less than an hour 20, I believe. It was on so microfiche. It was It was on microfiche. I went to the library. I watched it still by still, just turning that little knob. Wow. You got to yeah. do it really fast. You just got to do it real fast the whole time. Is that one of them book rental places? Uh, yeah, you know. They rent books, right? They rent up books. For free. It's like the it original is what they iTunes. call a public service. Oh. Yes, it's some of that old school socialism that made our country great <laughs> that everybody's so fucking nope, pissed about. Nope, or none of that, not at all. Right. Don't want to yeah. hear about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's always fun. Like, I don't know if you you know the, the meme with the guys from that chopper place with Pauly D. Oh, yeah, we're like yelling at each other. Yeah, and have you seen stuff. the one where it's like socialism won't work and it's like, what about Sweden? And they're like, that's not socialism. It's democratic, whatever. And then he's like, well, let's have some of that. And he's like, no, that's socialism. (laughs) It's like, okay. Right. Right. Like people can always point to the failures of socialism. But then when you point to one where it's like success, it's like, well, that's not socialism. Well, it's like. Can okay. We just, can we try that? Well, thing? let's just try that thing because you're not against it. <laughs> yeah, let's <apparently>. do that. <laughs> you're not saying it doesn't work, right? <laughs> All right. So, a final exam. This is a is an '80s movie, right? '80s movie, '80s slasher. I very, like it already. Yeah, very derivative of Halloween, but also really terribly acted with. I don't know how to describe it other than just some nice 
Southern characters. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's set in. Uh, or it was shot. It was shot in North Carolina, so there are a number of people with strong Southern accents. Wonderful. The sheriff, the security guy, speaking my language. But then the main actors are all from L.A., so none of them seem to try to do a Southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's set on a campus last day fi- last day of final exams so yeah. there aren't that many people left on the campus and then murders start happening but Look out. there's one scene in particular that you have to see everybody in the year 2019 has to see in final exam about 20 minutes in there's mm-hmm. a scene that is shocking in a way that it wouldn't have been shocking in 1981 Right, because it was the realm of impossibility. Yeah, it was just like so it would be yeah. so absurd. They would be like, ha, ha, "This is ridiculous. That would never happen." But watching it now, you're like, "Oh, right. This happens all the time." Oh, now. damn. Yeah. Damn. So watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's not great, but if you like 80 slashers, it it is fun. I enjoyed it. I I would recommend watching it. Hmm. Yeah. You know something that just kind of struck me as you were saying that you were talking about how. It was kind of a derivative of, of Halloween slasher, and I was right. like, "Yeah, pretty much every slasher in the '80s was kind of yeah, derivative and of that's Halloween, actually, right?" That's real disappointing when you go back and read reviews of '80s slashers. Mm-hmm. Every single one, even Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth, they'll be like derivative of Halloween. That was just the easiest way to dismiss every horror movie that was coming out. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. It, when you're, you know on a rush and you're like oh i gotta go watch this horror movie okay derivative halloween i'll write down before the movie even starts right yeah yeah Yeah. starting with that but this one very much is but you know the (laughs) thing that kind of struck me about it i was having a conversation with one of my guitar students earlier today he was talking about some like 80s shred guitar player thing that he saw a guy do and i was like oh yeah that's a that's a van halen thing and i was like you could say that about basically every 80s guitar player it's like that's all van halen stuff exactly and it's weird because like van halen one came out i think late 78 and basically Mm -hmm. created 80s rock the original halloween Halloween came out in 78 and basically created 80s slashers huh i hadn't thought about that before wow weird wild stuff i wonder if anything came out around the time of scream so like what new metal came out that time that made us have such <laughs> shit music afterwards i'm gonna throw a lot of that blame on the lincoln park yeah you know yeah because that's then, when a lot of the electronic stuff started getting yeah. wrapped up and sampling and all that and some rapping limp biscuit well but corn was already around before that and corn yeah. kind of started that bullshit the yeah yeah they, they definitely stuck a, a big flag in that uh-huh. in that sound and, and kind of went with it the Deftones are like the one band I think that kind of escaped from that and it's right. like oh they're still making relevant music right. that isn't just nostalgia yeah. for new metal fans yeah I'd, I'd say that's true you a know? lot of people say that about Linkin Park though I'm not like a big Linkin Park fan them. but a lot of people still really like them yeah. up until you know they stop making music forever probably <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah probably so I have had such a fucking busy week. I've not watched much. I think the most major thing that I watched this week of note is uh, the Jim Jarmusch, Dead Don't Die, which we yeah, saw together. And we did, did a, and a mini did a episode, mini episode yeah. With our wives. Uh. Yeah, both of our wives were on the episode, and we got some great feedback about it, too. A lot of people loved to hear us with our wives. They love the ladies. They should. I know I do. They're both entertaining. That was fun. I still love the movie, and I couldn't believe that after I went back and started reading other people's reviews of it, right. man, a lot of people did hated not it. like the movie just at all. It. And I don't get it. I don't, I don't get either. It. It's like, like, I mean, I guess maybe if you were thinking you were going in to watch a George Romero fucking social commentary, serious ass zombie movie, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's kind of silly. Yeah. Maybe you don't get it, but it's like, 
did you watch a preview? Did you see Tilda yeah, Swinton as the, a samurai? The like, movie told, or the preview told you, you could come in and watch it without expecting it to get into some crazy territory or real deep. Yeah. Though, as we said in the minisode, there is, does, there yeah. is definitely some depth to it. You just have to dig into it. You have to think about it. Right. But it, without that, it's still just an entertaining like comedy. Yeah. Horror comedy. So anyway. I really liked it, man. It's like the more I've thought about it, the more I've been like, man, I really, really yeah, it was very funny. much enjoyed Hilarious. that movie. Actually, I think my, my wife is going to be re-seeing it this week with her mom. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because her mom loves like, basically anything that comes to downtown West, she, she goes and sees. Mm-hmm. And she saw the preview and thought it looked funny, so she's going to go see it with Emily. That's great. We finished watching the apparent final season of Santa Clarita Diet. Sad. I haven't Netflix. watched it yet. Dude, it's it's fucking great. I bet. It is. It was such it's such an enjoyable show. I can't yeah. believe they canceled it. I hope that like some other streaming thing like, you know, Hulu or an Amazon like picks it up and it's yeah. like, we'll make season four. Cause the way they kind of ended it without spoiling anything, it's like it could have gone on. Or, like, it yeah. seems like they were thinking of like more stuff they could maybe, do after the season. Maybe we could all convince Netflix to at least at least let them finish it with a movie or something. Right. I'd be I mean, totally HBO's done that in the past so maybe maybe yeah. Netflix could do it yeah they just did that with like Deadwood and yeah. shit right yeah that's true but you know I've noticed that like a lot of horror like hardcore horror fans and snobs and stuff really don't like Santa Clarita Diet and I'm not I'm not entirely sure why it's like again yeah it's not know. serious it's funny and stuff I don't even like Drew Barrymore and I love the show right I have no idea I don't I'm know. really looking at it I can't like it has the same sort of vibe to it as maybe iZombie, which I think a lot of other horror people don't like as well. I've seen because that. it's a little campy. But like, what? Do you know horror? Like, yeah, exactly. Don't camp, we like campy horror stuff a lot of the and times? camp go together a lot, and yeah. it's great a yeah. lot of the time. So I don't know. But you know, we were watching that final season, and there's some there's some scenes of uh which if you've watched the show you know it it gets gory yes it, it gets does. really really gory <laughs> yes, but there's some scenes in there of just like somebody you know riding in the passenger seat of a truck and they're like eating a, a human arm uh-huh. just real casually like it's a uh-huh. snack and i'm watching this and i'm like oh my god like it's so fucking gross and kate's like you watch horror movies and stuff all the time it's uh-huh. like why does this gross you out because there's there's a lot of stuff in that show that just fucking grosses uh-huh. me out you know and i got to thinking about it and i was like yeah i don't really know because i don't really squirm in my seat that much with all the other stuff that right. we watch and i was like you know what i think because this show isn't really trying to be horrific or shocking mm-hmm. whenever they show gore or you know a zombie eating somebody it's in this very plain matter of fact like right. they're not trying to you know show it through the peephole of a door of a right. zombie eating somebody like you do in a horror movie to make it spooky and scary yeah. it's just very plain it's yeah, somebody like, eating this somebody is, this would be the life of a zombie you just yeah. have to deal with this yeah yeah i think that the plainness of it is what grosses me out about it, but I find huh. it really effective. That's awesome. Yeah, I hope that they pick it back up again or something, though, because I really, really did enjoy it quite a lot. I have to watch that last season, but I can't imagine I would lose any enjoyment from it. It's It's been so good. Yeah. The first two seasons were just so fun. We watched them so quick, too, my wife and I, because we hadn't watched season one, and season two had just come out, and our friend Brandy, uh, we were all hanging out, and she was like, you guys haven't seen uh, Santa Clarita Diet? 
turning it on. Just put it on, and we started watching it, and then didn't stop until we were done with season two, basically. Wow. Yeah. Steve, you've been video gaming lately, from what you tell me. I have been video gaming. I love a video game. Me too. And I, I, I finally picked a game that has kept my interest long enough that I, I want to finish it. More than NBA Live '98, '96. <laughs> Excuse I'm still me. I'm still the playing far that. superior 96. I'm still playing that. <laughs> I had forgotten that NBA Live 96 because uh, long story basically they didn't have a lot of people that were actually in the NBA on the rosters because of some legal issues. But they had all these like blank players and if you went in and put the right thing in like oh, Jordan you just make that player. Yeah, it would just make that player. Oh, that's and, cool. Um, I had forgotten about that. So the other day I was like, oh, right. And I went in and, you know, made Jordan and Barkley and a lot of those other awesome guys. I know um, that we're spoiled now with video games, but back in the day, whenever a game would have a create a player it was the feature, best. dude. It was so awesome. What was the, the first WWF game that did that? Was it Warzone or Raw is War? It was for PlayStation 1 mm-hmm. where I had the character creator. Yeah, I remember. Oh, my God, dude. And me and Josh, we would go you online. just go through it. Yeah. But yeah, you just want to test all the moves and stuff did yeah that that was on wrestlemania 2000 and nintendo 64 like yeah. you got to yeah, choose yeah. every single individual move right that was so awesome and you could go online and people would be like okay enter the stats this way given this costume these moves and it's like and you've just made dusty roads right like all these classic wrestlers uh-huh. or oh man it was it was so fun. it was so awesome it was so fun yeah so i i, I still was playing nba 96 but started playing (laughs) Shining Force. Okay, I've heard of it and never played it. I had only played Shining Force 2 because Shining Force 1 wasn't readily available, I remember, but we played Shining Force 2 and we were like obsessed with it. It's RPG? It's a tactical RPG. So it's got that sort of chessboard thing where you have like your certain, but each individual character can move particular ways and can attack particular ways. Um, and I love that type of RPG, and it's mm-hmm. from playing Shining Force 2. Oh, okay. So I went back, and I'm playing Shining Force 1, which is also a tactical RPG. It's got a lot of issues, like item management and stuff issues, but the story is awesome, and the animation is great. Like, the, mm. the look of the sprites is fine, but it's particularly the battle animation that looks so awesome. Was it a Sega title? Yeah, Sega. Original, like, Genesis title? Ge- yeah, Genesis. <laughs> right on, man. Yeah. Is it anything like Final Fantasy Tactics? You remember yes. Tactics for PlayStation? Yes. Yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics oh, for PlayStation God. was... That's like the king of all of yeah. them. I, it, well, actually, Final Fantasy Tactics, they remade it for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, and that. version that. is fucking awesome. Is it better? It's better. because Yeah, Damn. it looks better and it's a little more... I, I think they made the dealing with items a little more efficient and stuff, but it didn't change a whole lot. I, I love those tactics games. Fire Emblem games. Yeah. Check, uh-huh. the, check those out if you like tactics games. But anyway, I've been loving playing Shining Force. And what I've been thinking about is I, I don't like wasting my time, but I do want to play video games. So I'm thinking about streaming video games. Profitize it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Like, you just find what you like to do. Find people that will pay right. you to do it, dude. That's the key to, to everything in life. But here's the thing I thought of. I'm a horror dude. So why wouldn't I stream horror games? They make a horror vid game or two. 
But here's the fun part about me. I hate horror video games <laughs> and I'm easily scared by all of them. Yes. So if I start playing horror video games on streams, they're going to be... You're going to see me squirming a awesome. lot. That sounds great. Also, I'm not very good at video games. I don't even think that that matters anymore is the thing, you know? It doesn't. I don't even know sure. if it matters. Actually, I think it'll be more entertaining that I'm just screaming and sucking the whole time. <laughs> and dying over yes. and over. Yeah, that's probably I a pretty good hate idea. horror. Like, the most horror uh, that I will deal with is, like, there are certain things in Fallout or... Um, like a Bioshock or something. Stuff, yeah. Or uh, Red Dead Redemption even has some, some side quests that are real gruesome. But... I can't, I can't handle a game that's full horror and meant to scare you and stuff. So I'm going to try start streaming. That sounds awesome. Not even a Resident Evil or anything like that are you a I, fan of? I'm not good at Resident Evil. It does scare the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, man. Anything where stuff pops up. I, I had this problem with Fallout New Vegas and Vault 22. Anybody out there listening is thinking, like, what's so scary about Vault 22? They're these, like, plant creatures. Mm-hmm that are hidden amongst foliage and you can't exactly see them but they come out and they're fucking frightening to me and i hate going to vault like any i play <laughs> i've played fallout new vegas a ton of times with different characters doing it different ways and always when i have to go to vault 22 i'm like fuck it'll spook you yes <laughs> even though i know exactly where there are now it's just like shit I'm still like crouching, yeah, knowing yeah. exactly where it is, knowing I could just throw a grenade or something. I'm still just like, oh fuck, I don't want to. If it jumps out at me, I'm gonna get fucking scared. There's something about some of those good horror video games though that does draw you in in a way that sitting and watching a movie doesn't. And yeah. I think it's because you're the one that's in control exactly. of the situation. You know, yes. I mean, with with a horror movie, it's like. Yeah, you just sit there and watch it, and whatever happens, happens. Right, and, and you can sit there and be like, it. I just do this and this and this. But that's what that's why I don't say that shit. Because <laughs> I know when I'm in a horror video game, I freeze up in that yeah. fucking moment. I don't know, run up the stairs. Uh, go to the basement. Don't fire the shotgun I'm holding. What? <laughs> it is like that, though. Yes. It really does kind of pull you in. That would be really fun, man. I would love to, to one day get to stop yeah. in and do a... A guest game is that'd be cool. Michael McDonald, hey, Silent Hill, it's us, playing Silent. Oh <laughs> shit! Oh my god! How oh. did you see that over there, <laughs> zombies? <laughs> <laughs> I want a text message alert that just Michael McDonald going zombies, zombies, <laughs> werewolves. I would have to start though with because I don't have the equipment yet to stream something like Xbox or whatever. I'd have to start with the old NES, SNES stuff. Because I'll tell you this, I had the Friday the 13th video game, mm-hmm. and that game scared me. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. he just shows up out of nowhere. He does, as if from nowhere. And it's fucking you. I don't. I never beat him. Did you ever beat no, Jason no, in that game? No, no, it's fucking impossible. There's no way to. Did you ever play the Jaws video game? No. Every time Jaws showed up, I would fucking just freak out. Yeah? Yeah. Because it would be like... Sharks! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! His jaws over there, dude. You should get started with a fun one and play Zombies Ate My Neighbors for Super Nintendo. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Have you ever played it? No. Oh my god! I know of it, but I never did play it. There's I should. A reason I, you I know of it, down. dude. Yeah. It is great. Yeah, it's really fun. It's kind of a three-quarter perspective. 
you know, kind of an action action kind of game, but it's got a really good, fun sense of humor about it, and you're armed yeah. with like squirt guns and shit like this. Okay. It is a really cool, fun game. I think you'd actually just really enjoy it. It's not really a scary game. It's just Maniac really fun. Mansion is one I hadn't Maniac thought of. Maniac Mansion. I re- okay, so Maniac Mansion. Uh, fucking Slaughterhouse. Like, Slaughterhouse. there's all these. Oh, yeah, that right. were for Genesis and stuff. You um, can even play like Mutant League football and Mutant League hockey. <laughs> Those games were awesome. Maniac Mansion, do you remember if you opened a certain door, the grandma would chase you? I never played it. Oh, you never played Maniac Mansion? Okay. Uh-uh. Well, there, there was like a certain door. If you opened it, the grandma would chase you, and it was so scary to oh, me. Oh, shit. I haven't played it as an adult. Uh, maybe as an adult, it won't scare me, but it probably will, because I am I just don't... I think I play video games because I like to feel in control. Okay. Yeah. And I don't feel in control when I... <laughs> <laughs> Something's jumping out of nowhere. <laughs> Nightmare Creatures. That's Nightmare a really creatures. shitty PS1. I've never played that game. One. It's uh it's not very good. Oh, but okay. that's what would make it fun to watch. You yeah, also dude. play that game that was based off of Phenomena. Clock Tower. Clock Tower. That's yeah, Clock it. Tower. That's yeah. a that's a weird game. Yeah. It's a weird one. Dude, that would be a really cool idea. I'd like for our uh, our dead and lovely listeners to contribute some other ones too if yeah you're on the let Facebook me know some video games that are from the first and second generation consoles um if it's a disc-based system i can do it as long as it's like a uh, playstation or what my emulator can handle all those things yeah i think it can even do gamecube games i'm not positive oh, nice. on that wow yeah and i'm sure we'll figure out something fun that we can do with that that involves our our patreon account yeah. stuff too and our lovely supportive that patrons would be fun. let's go ahead and plug this before the show gets too late into it and people start turning it off we got a patreon page y'all we do have a patreon page. you can give us dollar papers and if you do if you at least give us a dollar a month we'll give you a shout out on the show shout in shout it Shout it, shout it out loud. You're gonna shout it out. <laughs> so I wanted to give some shout outs. Get them, Steve. Tell me about it. We, we got a few here. Who's giving us their money? Um, Sean T. Sean T. You ever T. heard this man? I've heard of this fella. I've heard, right. I heard tell him. He's a good boy. We got a, a Lance Melancon or Melancon? Melancon. Melancon. And the infinite Lanceness. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. Yeah. We got a Josh. Just Josh. Dude, the A Josh? Yeah, A Josh. Singular Josh, he's called. Speaking of people who are single named, we got a Katie. Oh, Katie, what's Katie, up? Katie, who recently was uh, the person who was selected when we did our movie title drawing. Katie gives us $5 a month. Mm-hmm. She suggested the movie 28 days later. That indeed. If you've seen, seen the video, it's already been posted. We selected, we pulled one out of the hat. It was Katie's 28 Days Later suggestion. Yeah. So not only a shout out to Katie, but also, hey, we're doing your movie next week. Yeah. That's a real fun thing that I'm looking forward to doing here. Yeah. Yeah, Basically, if you're on the Patreon $5 or up level, you can suggest a movie to be thrown into our our wild dark swan uh-huh. uh, lottery drawing that we're right. going to do periodically. <laughs> yeah. Where you guys get to drive the car and uh, help us pick movies to do here on the show. I'm excited to, to see about this stuff and see what people suggest. So get into it, y'all. I'm going fin- to finish. I'm going to let myself finish. I'm going to let me finish. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let, let, me, me, let me finish in a know, second. For some reason, I did that in like Ross Perot voice. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> Kanye and Ross Perot, similar. Dude, those two together. It just uh-huh. be, now let me finish. Oh No, I'll let, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> now let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> they both, though, might refer to a crowd of black people as you people. <laughs> 
I hadn't thought about that, but Kanye's brushes with Trump make me think he might. Do you think they would like they both say it in unison and then they turn Ross Pro turns like slow like Wait a minute, is that what you call them too? It's like a slow turn and then romantic music. Yeah. I'm all out of love. <laughs> Kanye and Ross Pro BFF best friends <laughs> forever. Oh man. So anyway, I'm gonna let me finish. Okay. But I, I wanted to mention what we decided to do since you guys, uh, the $5 patrons that all submitted movies, since you guys are our first patrons, we just wanted to basically make July uh, about your selections. Aside from our annual Harry Potter episode, which will be the second week in July, we're going to do 28 days later for July 1st, and we're going to have our listeners vote on all the other titles for the next three weeks after Harry Potter in July. We're basing this on a very successful model uh-huh. where the wealthy elite right? get to make the choices uh-huh. and then present it to the poors. To the poor, and they have the illusion of choice right. of feeling like they're choosing something. But yes. it's really just the choices that the people with the money are giving them. We're manipulating you. See, we're playing both sides. <laughs> I've heard this model works great. Right. So... <laughs> So that's what we're gonna do. No, but the the titles. I the reason why we decided there. to do this is because there's so many good suggestions, and we thought we were already gonna do a vote thing for the month, and then we thought, well, let's use these suggestions. Yeah, because they're all good, and it's they're like great. I can't believe yeah. we've not done this movie yeah. yet. So anyway, go donate money on the Patreon if you want to get involved in this in the future. Yes, indeed, and thank you so much for all the support, y'all. And let me just get back to the last few. Justin Tackett. Hey, buddy. Oh, man. Justin, Thanks for your donation. You tack it. You glue it. You nail it down. Whatever <laughs> you need to do, buddy. It, glue it. Nail it down. Oh, no. <laughs> Captain Jaunty. Captain Jaunty. What Yar, a name. To you. Wow. Uh, we land lovers. Uh, thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep uh, fighting them sea monsters. Uh, keeping them sirens now, <laughs> away from it. I don't know what they do, really. That's what, that is what captains do, generally. They yeah. fight sirens. The yeah. sirens. Fist fights, usually. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Fisticuffs. Now, I don't know how to pronounce this exactly. C-H-A-I-D-E. Now, it could be Chade. It could be Chide. <laughs> oh, wow. It could be... I have no idea. Chayadi? I think it could be. Chayad? Chayadi. Chayad. Anyway, thanks for your money. Yeah, thanks for the dollar We're not making fun of your name. I just don't know how to read it. It's a mystery to us, and we're intrigued. Thanks for being you. finally, my pal from high school. Look out. Terry Wise. You don't say. Yeah. Terry, Terry, Terry. He came to the um, meetup. That's right. He's a great guy. He should start a Tony, Tony, Tony cover band. Terry, Terry, Terry. Terry, Terry. Yeah, Uh it's like T-E-R-I. He and Terry Hatcher. Yeah, right. And... Who's someone else named Terry that's spelled different? Just a Terry Cloth robe a Terry that's Cloth on robe. a stand. He and Terry Hatcher wearing Terry Cloth robes. <laughs> Doing Tony, Tony, Tony Doing songs Tony, Tony, as Tony Terry, songs. Terry, Terry. That'd be great. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. You give to us, I'm giving back to you. <laughs> I'm giving you a life plan. Steve, I love these patrons so much. I just yeah, want too. to I want to raise a toast of a co-beer in their honor. Yeah, for real. We got ourselves a, a big old pretentious beer here that we're going to uh, split from Pretentious Glass Company in downtown Knoxville. Mm. This is one that my wife brought home today. Your this wife. is their triple makeout session, which is a 9.3 percenter. This is a triple IPA. Have you had wow. this before? I have not. Um, It's fucking awesome. Wait, have I? 
I don't know. They've had the double makeout session. I think I did have it. Oh, I think I had the double makeout. The double? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was great. So yeah. imagine one more of that. So, so uh, an additional makeout. Yeah. All right. So it's going to be pretty much awesome. And uh, apparently quite strong and savory. Is, this is a strange th- topic, maybe. Okay. But when's the last time you made out? Ooh, it's been a, it's been a hot minute. Yeah. Probably too long. The, how long? How long? Like once you get to a certain point in marriage, the making out it becomes less frequent. It's true. That's uh, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative because wasn't the making out like the the root to sex? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But then I guess that it's intimacy. Maybe we're bad at intimacy, Ben. Let's make say out now right. and figure it out. Yeah, this is my trick. Let's practice on each this other. This is how I snare them. Well, you know, now that you bring it up, I kind of <laughs> feel like I, I sort of need some practice, and I'd be really embarrassed if I tried it with my wife and I wasn't any good. So maybe we could just totally work. Try it you on play each it? other. This is a reference to Black Mirror, but you want to play some striking vipers? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Striking vipers? Uh-huh. Is that like sword fighting? A little bit, yeah. Lord have mercy. (laughs) Just the old game of tummy sticks. A little game of tummy sticks, yeah. Wow. All right, so triple make out. Wow, that's clearer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, for some reason in my head, I thought that it was like a hazy kind of scenario, but this is nice and clear. Mm -hmm. Mine's got some nice bubbly effervescence Mm -hmm. on the top of it. I'm very much looking forward to this. Pretentious makes themselves a fine beer. What's that do to you? Ooh, buddy. Coming in hot. It's got some hoppiness. Yeah? Uh Uh-huh. They had extra hops. They do. They do. <laughs> it's real smooth, though. Like, it's got a nice, strong flavor, but it's real smooth. Boy, it does, doesn't mm-hmm. it? There's something in there. I'm trying to think of what that what that taste reminds me of. There's something that's, like, planty or grassy yeah. about it mm-hmm. that's really nice and light. There's some kind of like an apple juicy aftertaste or something, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because it tastes like, like when you peel. swallow it, it tastes sweet, but... The taste of my mouth is not sweet at all. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like an apple peel yeah. or something almost. That's wow. really good. Also, 9.3%. Yeah. You, you can't <laughs> taste it. You don't feel any burn whatsoever. Yeah. No, that's too smooth for 9.3%. That's really good. That's dangerous. Now, Steve, the subject of today's show is none other than dog soldiers. Soldiers from 2002? Is that right? 2002. And this is one that people have been requesting that we cover for a long time. This is a favorite werewolf movie of a lot of folks out there. But we're covering it in particular because Kev Bickerdyke suggested that we do Howling at the June. Which is, it's really good. It's such a great idea. And so, uh, you know, we, we... Ask Kev what movie he would want us to do for this, and this was the movie he chose. No, no contest. Yeah, Dog Soldiers. Um, I had never seen this. Right on, really. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about it, Steve. This is the first werewolf movie we've ever done on the yeah. show, which is never done a weird. I mean, movie. well over into 100 episodes. We did on Trick here. or Treat, which has some werewolves in it, but Monster it's not Squad a werewolf movie. Has and werewolves. Monster Squad has a werewolf in it, but it's not a werewolf movie. Bram Stoker's Dracula has, has a werewolf. Has in a wolf, it. and I'll explain a little bit about oh, that. Maybe tell me a little bit more about yeah. that. Yeah. So this is the first one that we've done, which I find very. Very odd and very strange. Right. But, you know, ultimately, there's not that many great werewolf movies. Like Dude, there's, what? There's a lot of them, but are a lot of them really good? Uh, American uh, Werewolf, obviously, is fucking amazing. Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop, yeah. Have you seen it? 
No, but I've heard you that need it's ridiculous. To see it. It's so great. There's a Teen Wolf. <laughs> That's true. I um, love I love Silver Bullet because it's ridiculous. Silver Bullet is ridiculous. Late Phases is a great horror or a great werewolf movie that came out. I haven't seen that. Maybe eight years ago or so. Okay. I really enjoyed that. There's In the Company of Wolves, which I've heard is really interesting. It's okay. kind of like a like a super sexual take on werewolves. Rawr. Ginger Snaps. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, I didn't know there was a werewolf movie. It is. Huh. Ginger Snaps. Got to check that one out. Okay. There's uh, the, howling the Howling series. Yeah, the Howling series, which gets extremely ridiculous, I believe, by the second part. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a hundred. I think there's five or six yeah. of those things. So many. Hmm. Well, Steve, in honor of this being our first foray yes. into werewolfdom, into lycanthropy, mm-hmm. I suggest here that as we slip on into the preview palace, welcome to the preview palace. I say that we drop on these bustas our top five best werewolf-based songs, starting off with number five, Werewolves in London. Wait, that's number five? Yeah, that's number five. Listen, it just gets better. Oh, it does. Okay, go. Mm-hmm. Number four, it's going to be Zombie Wolf by Frank Zappa. Right. Duh. Ooh, man, that's a quality uh-huh. item right there. Number three, Yeah. I'm going to bust out a She-Wolf by Shakira. Okay. Okay. I mean, obviously. Duh. I mean, that sounds a fucking 20 out of 10. Right. Oh, I love that song. So uh-huh. that, that bass line. I can't get enough. Who could? Her cute little wolf howls. Oh. I'll take more, please. <laughs> Strolling in, in, into number two right here. Right. I'm going to drop A Wolf and Man by Metallica from the Black Album. Boom. Shape, shape. Uh-huh. Nose to the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Kick ass song from the motherfucking Black Album. Yeah. And of course, that leads us to number one. Back at the moon by the Prince of Darkness himself, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. I mean, dude, the, the, you've seen the music video for it. Uh, um, I don't think so. Rick Baker special effects. What happens in it? I uh, must have seen it. Ozzy turns into a werewolf. I must have seen it. I watched silly. MTV all the time growing up. There's no way I missed it. I mean, honestly, I was just kind of touting it as Rick Baker and stuff. It's actually not that good. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the song kicks all the ass. Well, duh. Yeah. So now that we're done with that. Now that we're done with that totally amazing... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what was going to happen, but I'm well, I know. very much liked it. I know. I, yeah. I can see you're on the edge of your seat. I was. I was like, because you started at Werewolves in London, which I would have just assumed was the only one that oh, was so available. You think. So you but think. But you had a ton to go. Oh, yes. There I thought are of, more. I, I, I tried to think of any others, and every time you said a new one, I was like, oh my gosh, where's where's he going to go next? Right, right. Yeah, me on some the people, edge of my seat. Some people might be thinking I left Hungry Like the Wolf out. I don't know if it's about a werewolf, It's not a werewolf. Though. No, it's, it's just a, a regular song. wolf. Yeah, just yeah. a normal wolf song. Hard to know the difference sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Splitting <laughs> hairs. Splitting hairs of these wolf songs, right. you know? that's You know what? Werewolves probably rarely split hairs. I think so, yeah. Well, like, because a hair to them, that's not very big. They just eat it. Barely a snack. They yeah. eat a hole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, point. I forgot. We also talked about uh, what we do in the shadows. They have werewolves. Yeah, they do. We've covered three movies with werewolves, but not a single one that was dedicated about werewolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Well, Steve, now that we got that out of the way, maybe you've got some information. I do. About the history, lore, mm. and presence of yeah. werewolves this is, all over human culture. This history. is something I threw into my class on the undead. Huh? I mentioned it again. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what class on the undead? I taught a class on the undead at the University of Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Using my <Yeah>. degree. 
Yeah, I I dedicated the last week to talking about other forms of what could be considered being undead, which was uh, artificial intelligence and shapeshifters such as werewolves. Interesting. I like because it. when the person becomes the wolf, are do they exist anymore, or Ooh. is there something else completely different that's taken over? Mm-hmm. And that's seems to be how werewolves are generally portrayed, though. We will be covering uh, Prisoner of Azkaban soon, and there's a werewolf in that who seems to maybe have some human control when he's a werewolf, Remus Lupin. Right. But oh, spoilers. Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's not normal. Normally, right. once you become the werewolf, you're fully bestial. So, werewolf. There's an interesting thing I wanted to differentiate between werewolf and lycanthrope. Okay. Now, lycanthrope is the Greek word for a werewolf. And, of course, it was used uh, in describing people who turned into wolves. But it was mostly used as a clinical diagnosis. There was a, a text about a man who believed himself to be able to turn into a wolf. Mm. And he would act very wolfy and eat raw meat and stuff like that. He's a wild and man. It was, disca- it was described as lycanthropy. Hmm. Uh, werewolf comes from Europe, from Germanic sources, and uh, werewolf means, of course, wolf man. Not okay. not very uh, difficult to understand. So lycanthrope and werewolf both mean wolf man in different languages. And what kind of happens over time is that two different views of what a werewolf is come together and sort of clash and we get what we kind of have today of what we consider werewolves to be so i I just wanted to give some idea of where this all came from all right tell me some more about it here earliest known depiction of a human shape-shifting into an animal is in a cave in southern france from 13,000 bc now that's not possible because the world's only right. 5,000 years old. The world's only 5,000 years old. I've forgotten about that. So I'm, I'm throwing this bit of information so out. Not worth listening out to. Out with you, scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked before about how I'm very interested in those cave drawings. And I'm yeah. spe- specifically interested in those in northern Spain and southern France. They're the ones that seem to demonstrate the most uh, advanced creativity where stuff like this where they're like what if a person could have ah, okay yeah, animal yeah. aspects so like, those you're not saying it's depictions of everyday life it's yeah. like imagination imagination yeah, yeah, yeah really consider imagination <laughs> imagination <laughs> <laughs> so we also know of then later uh gods would have the heads of animals so there was this idea Anubis that, and so on. Right, yeah. yeah. So Egyptian gods, gods in the, the uh, Middle East and things like Bull-headed that. Bullheaded gods of right. uh, Babylon and so exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. So those things had existed, but... Do you think it's one of those things... Sorry to interrupt. Do you no, think it's one ahead. of those things that like humankind has always been perplexed and mystified by beasts and animals? Well, I would say what it usually tends to represent is... And, and this is a theory about why people created gods is that it's about control. Mm. Not being controlled, but controlling. If you feel like you can address the thing that 
could kill you. Like if you feel like you can address a god of the harvest so that drought won't happen. All right. In other words, like when a when a bear is attacking you in the woods, you can't say, "Hold on now." Yeah. I, I have a I have an opinion about this. Right. So they're the forces of nature you can't control, hmm. but if you put them That's into a form, you can pray to it and hopefully beg it to give you what you want. So wow. the gods that would have alligator, hippopotamus heads, etc. That's very much the opposite of reality. Yeah. Right, but you were you're basically saying like I, you know, there's some wisdom to this animal and maybe I can uh, control it in some way. That's fascinating. I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah. Very cool. So werewolf at comes through all sorts of mythology and it's it's definitely a part of proto-Indo-European mythology, but it specifically was tied to an aspect of initiation of the warrior class. Oh my. Yeah, so basically the idea was embracing the animal inside of you to be a more fierce warrior. Okay, to help you go into like fucking battle mode. Right, and so maybe you've heard of berserkers. They were like these yeah, yeah. Scandinavian warriors who would wear bear skins and take or, these... Or nothing. Sometimes they'd yeah, go in just naked. Just going naked and, and they would take these insane combinations of roots and things that would make them just go ape shit. Yeah, yeah. And they would go into battle and kill ferociously without any like thought. It's like they were on PCP or something. Yeah, basically. Yeah. The Viking berserkers would like do these really intense prayers to Odin. Yeah. And the berserker spirit would like overtake them and shit. And then they just go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like techno Viking. Techno yes, like, like techno Viking. Pretty you, much like that. Yeah. That, do that, that point. point. Oh my god. It looks stern. He did look stern. Quite serious. <laughs> so this berserker thing, they'd kind of get the animal spirits within them. Right. And go rage. And just go insane. The Christianization of Europe during the Middle Ages is what eventually made the werewolf become associated with negativity oh, and the devil. Man, ruining all the good Christians stuff. Christians always on, fucking everything guys. Up. Christians always ruin the party. Huh? I want them to bring it back. Listen, I know we've got a lot of a lot of Christian listeners that get really mad at us, but they continue listening to the show. <laughs> at least bring werewolves back, y'all. I'll yeah. start. I'll start cutting y'all some slack if you make the werewolf a positive thing again. So. Here, so I just wanted to point to some very specific instances throughout history of werewolves that might help explain the way we currently think of werewolves. Mm-hmm. In Greek mythology, a Lycian, who was a king of Arcadia, was transformed into a wolf by Zeus after he... There are several different myths. It's always like that, of course, in Greek mythology. But he either sacrificed a child on the altar of Zeus or he sacrificed a baby and mixed it into food and fed it to Zeus to test and see if he really did know everything. (laughs) Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Zeus turned him into a wolf. (laughs) Um, And some of that gets extended actually to all of Arcadia. In some myths, the entirety of Arcadia is wolves. And in some myths, even a guy goes swimming in an Arcadian lake and becomes a wolf. Like just even the association with Arcadia uh, made you a wolf and what I started to see was that werewolf at that time was used basically to denote that someone was uh, like a murderer and a cannibal okay it was almost couldn't a, possibly be all human right it was almost like you know uh, yeah it was just like a way of making 
that association without having to say all those words. So you say like, yeah, they're wolfmen and people get like, oh, so they're like murderers. They're like animals. animals. Yes. They live like animals. In exactly. Other words. Yeah. yeah. They're not as, not as advanced as us. Okay. And a lot of this had to do with impiety and probably there was a belief among others that the Arcadians weren't pious and didn't hold Zeus in high enough regard or whatever. But this all like goes through then the Romans and then there's of course the Germanic and Scandinavian mythologies about it that all sort of come to clash together. The Germanic pagan tradition was basically the the berserker stuff, mm-hmm. but specifically Harold the first of Norway had this entire leading fighting group known as the Ulfhidnar. That's or, my favorite black metal band. Ulfhidnar, yeah. That translates to wolf-coated men. Okay. And they were just just similar to the berserkers, except they wore wolf skins. Ooh, bold fashion choice. <laughs> bold, bold fashion choice. <laughs> that moved over into Kiev, which was at the time what would eventually become Poland and Ukraine and Russia. That's where they make the chicken Kiev. Yeah, exactly. They, wow. wrap, they wrap chicken around some butter. <laughs> And boom, it's a dish. It can't be bad. It can't be bad. Sounds pretty dang great. Actually, go for some of that about right now. <laughs> so this all gave rise to this like dual form of werewolf folklore, which basically is that in early modern Europe, uh, the Germanic werewolf was associated with witchcraft and the witchcraft panic. Brujeria. Yeah. The, the satanic panic of the... 1380s or whatever that was, well the witchcraft <laughs> panic went from the 14th century well actually around 1400 to about the late mid 17th century so 250 years of basically satanic panic yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh this is something a lot of people don't know uh, mixed amongst the witchcraft trials were werewolf trials there were people who were accused really? of being werewolves. Yeah. I did not know about yes. this. In France, there were a couple that were unrelated to the church. Most of them were, of course, related to the church, just torturing and killing people because they're fucking insane. And when they have power, that's what they do. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. We've seen it time <laughs> yeah. and time again. So don't give them power. Maybe that. Yeah. So the, the thing about what was going on in France was that there had some actual evidence of killings and cannibalism. And this kind of got out of hand and people started talking about these people were werewolves. And so there were a number of trials where people were accused of legitimate crimes. They had murdered people or they'd eaten people or whatever, but th- they were called werewolves like My God. in the trial. Like th- this person, <laughs> must, like, there's no way a human could, it's, it's a rationalization. Yeah. It's a rationalization yeah. of there's no way a human could do that to people. He must have some sort of sorcery that makes him turn into a wolf and he can't control himself. Right. But then the other tradition is the Slavic werewolf, which is actually more closely associated with the revenant or vampires. And so that's where you get this bloodlust idea that like they they actually need to eat humans to survive. It's not like werewolves for some reason can't just go eat a deer. Like yeah, that's a good. Point. But they that does happen in this, I guess. They eat a cow, but they seem mostly interested in eating humans. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I've always kind of wondered too, where like the whole how how werewolf uh, ism and lycanthropy ties up with the moon cycles and stuff. I always wondered if there was some sort of way of dragging um, women into this. And, <laughs> well, that would you know be what I'm yes, that would be associated with the witchcraft trials, but 
the association with the moon isn't in all cultures. Oh. The earliest talks, like the earliest tales about it, like uh, Marie de France's Bisclaret, it has a tale about a man who he takes off his clothes and puts on this magical belt and he becomes a wolf. But he has to put on his old clothes to become human again while his wife is evil and she hides his clothes from him while he's a wolf and then the king and his men go to hunt him and he convinces the king that he's actually a man who's stuck in the form of a wolf and the king then brings him back to court and lets him like live in court as a werewolf and then one day his wife shows up with her new husband and he mauls them to death wow everybody's cool with it I because sure do love those old European stories. Because he's folk a tales. cool dude. <laughs> dude, those, those old European stories are just yeah. wild as shit, dude. Yeah. I don't know what they're getting into, but I'll have what they're having. Right. <laughs> Some other tales, it would be like a, a curse from a sorceress or, any, or an affliction, of course, by being bitten by another werewolf. Yeah. But yeah, the moon wasn't always associated, but I hmm. would say, yes, the association of witchcraft and werewolfery an actual word i did not know I until like i started <laughs> researching werewolfery this. werewolfery uh, they were associated at the same time so i imagine yes that they're since they associated the witches with periods and things like yeah, that they well, probably the, were the like well being... i guess the moon has something to do with when they murder right yeah. right right or these women must be turning these men into these wolves so the trials were interesting there weren't that many Mm-hmm. Though they were pretty popular in the the Baltic states for yeah? a while, yeah, they loved them. Loved the werewolf trials. <laughs> they were just all about them. What it seems to be, though, is that werewolf is what we were talking about is a way to explain serial killing or a way to explain a person who's normally uh, just an average everyday individual doing something horrific. So sociopaths. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But but it also became a way during the witchcraft trials and the werewolf trials, it became a way of persecuting people on the fringes. So one particular instance that I found pretty gross was that this guy, Peter Stump in 1598 was accused of being a werewolf by political rivals. (laughs) This is... This is true. Like, this is so true of so many people in the past. When you read about horrific things someone did, you also read that they revealed that under torture and that they (laughs) happened to be a rival of the church or the state. Right. Yeah. So, like, guys like uh, Gilles de Reis, who uh, is either a horrific person who killed children and masturbated on their dead bodies... Or he was an enemy of the Catholic Church because he refused to give them his lands. Woo! Yeah. Aye! And he also served with Joan of Arc, so they probably were already that. pretty mad at yeah, him. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, it seems like Werewolf, with Peter Stump, like, he, he was just a guy who um, was in the way. Boy, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Exactly. Eh, <laughs> People in power <laughs> tend to suck. All the fucking time. Wow, man. Uh, but here's what happened: is basically by 1650, it like the witchcraft trials and the the werewolf trials were over, and it's this is the end of the Renaissance and the begin of the beginning of the Age of Reason. The Renaissance, yeah, enlightenment. Yeah, the Renaissance was basically this huge spread of information, which 
made it possible for you know the mathematics from the Middle East to spread throughout you know the continent sure yeah yeah it was like the proto internet right it brought all this great information but i just it finally clicked in my head that's where the spread of ideas about witches vampires and werewolves all comes from is all these different areas saying like we have this and we have this and we have this and then all of them coming together and forming the Mm. vampire or the werewolf that we the archetypal then, figure. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's interesting that the spread of information creates a spread of misinformation, just like we see with the internet. Wow. Yeah. That's so, really interesting. And then that all starts to, because it gets so common, this spread of information, people come along who say, okay, let's collect the actual information from the disinformation. And then you get the age of reason, and then you get, uh, you know, the enlightenment in the 18th century where science is a thing now where you're like, okay, this is the collected knowledge of humanity. We've taken all the information. We've put out the misinformation. This is what we know. Let's work to figure out exactly how this works. Mm -hmm. The quantifiable truths. Yeah. Yeah. So werewolves, vampires, zombies, all those things are a byproduct of us because, developing science and Hmm. learning to work together to understand the world we live in we also created our boogeyman in that moment it's it's really cool that's really neat i found it very interesting do you have any information about why the wolf specifically why is it where yes i do i'm glad you mentioned that or i would have just forgotten this okay okay so this is the prevailing theory that one that i would say is correct or at least that i subscribe to the theory being that wolf attacks up until the 20th century wolf attacks on humans were an occasional but still widespread feature of human life something that could just happen to you sure you somebody in your family could be killed by a wolf and there is no dealing with it you can't go out and kill every fucking wolf to fix it sure so because they couldn't fix it they had to control it in some way the wolf actually uh, only appears as the were animal in the european nations in say africa there are tales of were jackals oh okay yeah so, so it's whatever's you, whatever's local they shop local yeah, you look all over uh in different areas if like in the americas there were wolves and so they have werewolf legends right, right? yeah yeah but uh they also have you know wear all sorts of things all throughout you know asia has i can't remember what in particular there was in japan but there's something very similar they have some some legends about these like prostitutes that would turn into cats yeah and stuff like that that's really interesting to learn about i think it's it is kind of convenient though isn't it that all of these animals that people can transform into are all land-based animals right how lame would it be to be like i'm a wear eel (laughs) <laughs> Where, you know, well, there were selkies and things like that, right? It's things related to what would become mermaids, but what we generally think of, well, we should do something with mermaids so I can talk about mermaids sometime. Awesome. But what we we generally think of as mermaids today, and even when 
people have thought a little bit about it and been like, why did sailors think they saw mermaids? And it's like, well, they were lonely and they wanted to fuck and they saw these things and thought they were women. Yeah. It goes further. It goes way further back than that. There's more to it than that. And it is, it's a fear of the sea and a fear of women. I like the idea of a wear shark though, where it's like if you're, yeah. if you're on dry land and it's wear shark time, then uh-huh. you, you just kind of start flopping It's wear shark time. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, I'm inland. Somebody please breathe. get me to a bath. This is going to be bad. Is that a talking shark man? <laughs> talking shark man. Talking shark man. Uh-huh. I like that too. That's pretty good. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. That's all I have to say about werewolves. And that's all I have to say. And that's the bottom that. line. Because Steve Spratling said so. <laughs> People tossing me 9% IPAs. I'm hammered after like, three. Oh, one is good. Jesus. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> Boy, I bet if you do the stone cold thing and just crush those things and kind of shoot them at your faces, I bet if that stuff gets in the eyes, it's burning. Oh, It's stinging. Yikes. Probably clear the old sinuses out pretty good. Man. What if there was a wear sloth? Like what there if that would be was nothing a thing? to fear? Yeah, like yeah. somebody is they do the whole transformation, they duck behind an yeah. armoire <laughs> or a dresser. <laughs> and then it's like they duck behind there and you're just standing there waiting with like your hands uh-huh. over your face, like, oh my god, what's happening? And then you keep waiting and you're like Oh, the suspense. It, it's oh. I, John slowly see just a little sloth. Little three, little three claws. Yeah. And you're starting to figure it oh, out. It's like be I think adorable. I think they've become a wear sloth. I believe so. They're taking forever. Eventually, Let's, you just go behind the dress and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. a wear sloth. I'm going to, I guess, pick it up and put it in a tree. I mean, just keep like three feet ahead of it at all times. Right. Like, there is no danger here. <laughs> I mean, because really, if you got a wear sloth in the house, it's like you run a mile down the road. Mm-hmm. By the time they get to you, sun's up. Crisis averted. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty easy to deal with over all the wear sloth. Man, there probably are wear sloths. I should think. Like, why, why would we know about it? It would never hurt anyone. You know, though, honestly, <laughs> going back to your thing that you're talking about, <laughs> about how throughout history, the wear beasts have always been like whatever is responsible for like the most yeah. deaths and stuff in that culture. So yeah. you get wear bears right. and stuff like this. What if we had a movie set in rural 2019 America where you were just a wear white? Wear white? <laughs> you come back, you're like you a, change and you yeah. turn into the most dangerous creature of all, which is a white guy. A white guy. Yeah. <laughs> just hanging out with your pals and they're like, man, full moon tonight. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Shit. He's oh. going to turn into a wear wane. <laughs> and even like you know at one point at one point in the story like somebody's girlfriend gets bit uh-huh and then like she is like oh i feel a change and she, she just ducks turns behind, into a dude yeah ducks behind a bar somewhere and she comes and she's like oh well stop bros i just got my carry permit oh. aren't all women bitches right <laughs> what the legend of where wayne where wayne <laughs> God, I'm glad you chose Wayne as the widest name. It's pretty wide. It is. It's my middle name. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is. I forgot about that. It's very wide. (laughs) So trademark dad level. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) Well, now that we've we've learned so much, we're going to talk about the subject of today's episode, which is dog soldiers. Dog soldiers. Dog 
Soldiers from 2002. And you said this is the first time you've seen this talkie. First time I've seen it. And I was really surprised that I hadn't heard more about it. Yeah. Because this is, I feel like this is the predator of werewolf movies. I can see a lot of Predator comparisons yes. throughout this. Yeah. And a lot of comparisons to other movies and stuff, too. Uh, but I think werewolves were... They're really perfect for that Predator thing, where you have a, a group of soldiers fighting in the woods against an unknown and much larger opponent that seems to be impossible to destroy that is totally the predator thing when yes. you have this group of absolute hard-ass amazing dudes which by the way listen to our predator mini so that great episode episode with andy did. wood yeah with a good old amazing andy wood on there it's a good episode but you have all these super hard-ass incredible soldiers and then you see them getting killed by something and you're like Easy. golly what is kicking their yeah. ass yeah having a bunch of soldiers against a foe that seems you know, not only formidable that can hold its own against these guys, but is also systematically taking them out. Yeah, and it's pretty it badass. Destroys the effectiveness of your guns. Like right, yeah. Uh, with Predator, it's because of his cloaking technology. With these guys, it's because they, they got not that weapon that X healing factor. They're not in, like completely impenetrable in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And that is that's great. The way they they seem to take pain from the bullets and they do have to recover from them but they just recover faster right like wolverine right yeah 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 yeah. snickety snicked exactly (laughs) so i had seen this movie before oh okay i mentioned at the end of the last episode where i was like i think i've watched this before Uh, so watching it you were like no i've definitely seen yeah yeah yeah, it was the one that i was thinking of and i think i must have watched this around maybe it was like during college days like 2003 2004 it couldn't have been too long after it came out I want to say we had some friends tell us it was really amazing. And I watched it then and honestly didn't love it. Okay. Didn't love it back then. And so I started this up this time and I was like, I wonder if this is that movie that I've seen. And I did recognize that it was the one. I still didn't really remember anything about okay. it. So I might as well have been watching it for the first time. Right. You know? What do you think about this thing, Steve? Did it get good to you? I liked it. Yeah? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. There are some funny moments. It also had... I mean, they just pay so much homage to great horror movies. Yeah, definitely. It, it really has a lot of the best elements of some great horror movies in a interesting, different, new way, which is the homages are clear. You want it to yeah. be a little less obvious. There's some very obvious homage in this. Yes, yeah. some very obvious. You want it to be a little less obvious, but I think this shows I love these movies. I love horror movies. I love these types of things i want to write this and that's i mean that is the case in this with the production is that neil marshall was a freelance editor for years before he ever got into making movies wow and he had co-written something with someone but he he and his pals who the cinematographer and one of the producers these mates in a these mates these mates they were they're geordies from Northeast England. Oi, they're Geordies on A. Yeah. yeah. Kev Bickerdock would know better what a Geordie sounds like, but they... <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He would. I'm nailing it. Thank you. You are. <laughs> but there's certainly Geordies. It, it, I watched a documentary about the making of this, and just hearing the way they talk, I was like, oh, that is unique. That is a particular accent. It's a very it? particular accent. Yeah. Huh, okay. But they, they had... 
they had been saying he like the cinematographer was a camera operator at the time and the producer was actually working in production but they they had been talking a long time about making a movie how they really wanted to make a movie and they came up with this idea um neil marshall came up with this idea with another producer and he worked it out for seven years he wrote like 17 or 18 versions of the script wow just really making it happen but it's a pretty simple movie well that's the thing is because after you've refined something 18 times it's gonna be simple kind of boils down yeah yeah yeah, you concentrate it to the perfect and i think that this has all the perfect beats it has a perfect tempo to it there's never a real lull in the movie it's true it's got issues some with the dialogue i think and some other uh maybe logic issues that we'll talk about but i think in the end it especially after watching the documentary i really liked it more knowing that it was just these guys who really wanted to make a movie happen right and they made it happen and they did it and it's good like it it doesn't have to be great it's their first effort but it's not bad at all it's more than i've ever made and it would definitely be better than my first movie I, i imagine I imagine that's possible. They because they did get funding for it, and I don't know though, dude. We've got this idea for this movie called Space Yankees. Well, yeah, Space Yankees. That's gonna be. Well, that's huge. definitely that's gonna happen. Yeah. So, Meth House Massacre. I actually wanted to talk about this in relation to what I'm saying. Yeah. Meth House Massacre. I've been pricing it. I've been working on figuring out exactly what a budget would be, mm-hmm. and i started watching this documentary and they were talking about how it took them seven years to get to the point where they got funding wow and this is a great movie that deals with i i think some real good effects some guns etc so there's a lot in there that would cost money there's a helicopter yeah yeah like all those there's things miniatures all kinds of stuff so i'd been pricing meth house massacre and it's looking at like 100 150 thousand dollars for a five minute short yeah and that seems so insurmountable and i i realized like how hard they had to work to secure oh, funding yeah. Well, for this movie that is thing, werewolves dude. versus soldiers like yeah if you told somebody you're working your ass off on making that people would be like why werewolves who cares but it's good like who who cares me but you made is, a fucking you made this it's also you know this came out in 2002 which means right. this had been being planned since the mid 90s yes which is to say a very very pre-internet i mean mm-hmm. god forbid even pre-kickstarter right. or GoFundMe or anything like that it's like this was seriously this was going to people with money and asking them to give it to you yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly this wasn't if i could take a dollar from this person that supports me right and a dollar from this person i'd have two dollars and then i gotta start it wasn't really like that at all uh, very different model, and especially too now that doing special effects digitally is something that right. is something that's accessible for pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody, yeah. But yeah, you're talking about guys that had an idea of full werewolf costumes, like yes. miniatures and all kinds of other shit. The, and the costumes, like they look great. Yeah, I let's talk so about the werewolves in this. We've seen many different forms uh-huh. of werewolves in various uh, right, in various like, flicks and stuff. I mean, the classic Universal monsters, Wolfman, right, that is Wolfman. just kind of a hairy man. Yeah, no, yeah, they didn't do any prosthetics or anything. Just 
put hair on his face. Right, right. Yeah. We got the ones that we see in like uh, Underworld and shit like that. Right, those are all CGI. Right, Right. yeah, I think so. The one in in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Right, the big black dog. Okay, so that actually comes from the combo of the. Because Transylvania was this sort of gateway into Western Europe, Mm -hmm. like just along that line. So the Dracula being able to turn into a wolf comes from that uh, Eastern European tradition of the werewolf being a bloodsucker. And then the werewolf from the Western Europe hitting with that. Anyway. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So Dracula is also kind of a vampire or Hmm. also kind of a werewolf. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I love how the werewolf in that looks. He's kind of beastly and wolfish, but also yeah. kind of bat-like and yeah, gorilla-like the, in a way. The face is is very different. It's not yeah. wolfy. And in this movie, they chose to go with the the long, lanky, thin, long-limbed, skinny kind of but vampire. Very tall. Very, very tall. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like we've seen these these long, skinny vampire or sorry, long, skinny Werewolves. werewolves in other movies and stuff before, but these are some of the longest, tallest ones I've about ever seen. Yeah. I think that's probably about a 10-foot-tall werewolf. Yeah, they're up on stilts. It's dancers in the makeup. I wish that the werewolves were literally on stilts, though. The werewolves themselves uh, just <laughs> walking yeah. around Yeah, stilts. like somebody turns, they <laughs> the, go through the, the whole transformation. You could, like you would make in the backyard. Not like yeah. some fancy-dancy no, stilts. No, 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 no. Exactly. And then... <laughs> They don their stilts. <laughs> and we're all like, we yeah. It's like, everybody's like, we don't really understand why we they do this, but we don't really want to tell them not to because it allows us to get away. Yeah. Just like, let, yeah, let like those werewolves up. ride their stilts. What about werewolves on pogo sticks? Ooh, there we go. <laughs> that I like. That's a, a visual I can get into. Doing the flips t- toward you, like rawr, rawr, on a pogo <laughs> maybe, stick. Maybe people that really like pogo sticks are actually like wear kangaroos, where <laughs> they're just trying to live it out twenty four seven. You know, I want to wear. Yeah, I hope wear kangaroos are real. Thing. A wigaroo. It's a wigaroo. Watch out! They kick your guts out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the werewolves in this look cool, and partially that's because they're all practical effects. Yeah. There's and like the, no CGI in this. None, really. I think they did some like after effects, but nothing nothing to the werewolves. Mm-hmm. Like you, the, those photos they show at the end are like real stills that right, look yeah. exactly it's a person in a costume on stilts, and the heads look like actual wolves. Like it doesn't look like a person who's like turned into a wolf it looks like a wolf right i right. like that i really I enjoyed that yeah they don't try to like make it a humanoid wolf hybrid right. kind of creature the body the is the humanoid part the yeah. head is a wolf and they're very clever about the way that they show it because those those wolf heads aren't you know they're not like loaded full of servo motors and stuff that no. are fully articulated and everything yeah. they don't have a stiff kind of rubber look about them no like a spirit of halloween mask or anything yeah. But they definitely don't have a lot of moving parts or anything. So they're always very careful in the way that they show them. I mean, it's it's probably, I mean, damn, halfway through the movie before you see a full body werewolf. It's just always been heads and hands yeah, and even claws when, and stuff. Like the first time they revealed the faces when they're surrounding the truck that they just destroyed, we still don't see their height in comparison to anything. We don't right. see them with their claws out or anything. Mm-hmm. The first time we see one is 
and Neil Marshall did this intentionally. One comes through the doorway and like has to duck down to come in, so that when he ducks down, he stands up and it's just this like big intimidating yeah, yeah, yeah. creature. So dope. Yeah, like which is that. really well done because at that point too, you've been in that cottage for a while and you've seen how. Mm-hmm. You know, like the scale of these big army guys inside of this house. Right. And then you see that these things are damn scraping their heads on the uh-huh. ceiling. It makes you realize just how huge they are. So cool. There's one shot where you get a good full body kind of look at a few of them. I think yeah. as they're walking in the back door or whatever mm-hmm. towards the end. And you can tell that they're on, you know, like a stilt, like a yeah. something to make them look taller than they are. And they kind of look like they're wearing those like... I don't know what they're called, but there's those those boots that like raver chicks wear, like, right? That are just kind of like knee down, big. You furry say wear, you mean war? Yeah, right. Like in the mid nineties. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's like just from the knee down, big like shaggy yeah. furry boot things. Yeah, that is what it looks like. That yeah. kind of took me out of it for just a Did second. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They but, move great, but yeah, I I know what shot you're talking about, and maybe yeah. not. Maybe they should have tightened that shot up a little bit and not shown that far down. Something odd in this though is that for a werewolf movie, we are never treated to a real legit transformation scene. No, yeah, the only one we would possibly see is either Davos, Sir, yeah. da- Sir Davos Seaworth is in this. Yeah. Liam Cunningham playing plays himself, Captain Ryan. Yeah, he plays himself, Liam Davos Cunningham. Seaworth. But he he starts to transform, then disappears behind a table, and then comes up as werewolf. Yeah. And then also Megan is about to transform into a werewolf, then gets shot in yeah, the head. Yeah, she gets capped. That's kind of the classic werewolf thing, isn't it? To where it's the, the, show like, the transformation. Well, I mean, I, I mean the whole like ducking behind a piece of furniture, and then you oh, come like up the as wolf a werewolf. man classic. All right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how it always goes Like in the old ones, is somebody starts right. to turn, they're kind of but, starting to turn, maybe their eyes change color, and then they duck behind a piece of furniture and come up. So I think the real thing that we need to learn to fear, if you ever find yourself in a werewolf movie if somebody's ducking behind shit uh-huh you need to stay in them <laughs> wide open spaces beware wide the furniture spaces. which is why i want to run by in my idea for a werewolf movie where you're never safe it's gonna be a werewolf movie set in ikea oh shit exactly right what behind every piece of furniture <laughs> behind a bjorn uh-huh what about a fjord a fjord oh dude you're definitely doomed oh damn a, a werewolf would be popping up behind any of those things at any time. Shit. You best I, watch out. That's why you don't go to Ikea. Unless you want some of that lingonberry jam. Am I right, guys? Or those meatballs. Yes, or those meatballs. You know? Or it whatever. Is a delight. Yeah, they got a lot of really quality items there. Where's the closest Ikea? At Atlanta. Jeez. Yeah. There was going to be one like close to here. Oh, yeah. And then we decided that we didn't want jobs and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hate jobs. We heard that Sweden was north of Tennessee, so therefore, oh, Yankees. Damn, yeah. damn Yankees. Got to keep them out. Damn European Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Stay away from any large pieces of furniture, y'all. Be careful. Watch <laughs> out for ben, yourself. There are soldiers in this. And I don't know if you had the same problem I had, but I was like, why are these guys wearing those uniforms? Where are their red coats? Yeah, really right. Where are their muskets? I thought these were lobsters. Yeah. They looked like American soldiers. Now, I know that this movie was very popular among British soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. Really? Yeah, they mentioned that in the documentary. 
that a lot of former soldiers from that time said, yeah, we used to watch that movie all the time. Huh. So if any of them are listening right now, we do not, in fact, think that British soldiers <laughs> are redcoats. Don't kill muskets. us, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are very killable. They're very much. Low defense skills with these two. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're entertaining. We have to be. You yeah, have to be. You got to make the guy fucking laugh or something, right? Exactly right. Otherwise, they will kill us with ease. <laughs> <laughs> so this is popular with the military crowd, huh? I, it was for some reason. I, I, I think I get the reason. Yeah. Um, a bunch of guys sent to a place on a false pretense end up getting killed. Oh. Right. Oh. Yeah. I think when you put maybe, it that way. I think maybe I think maybe a little bit but i wonder if that influenced because it it seems like he would have had this script written well before the iraq war and afghanistan right so uh, that's just coincidence i guess so yeah i mean you know vietnam had happened and whatnot plenty of pointless plenty of pointless wars happened by that point Hmm, that's a good point there now this didn't get a wide theatrical release correct it did not neil marshall pretty indelicately said that the producers weren't brave enough with the movie Mm. that basically the first people who came along to buy it they sold it to for distribution rights and that was the sci-fi channel Back when it was Here still America. SCI. Yeah, back when it was very much science fiction instead of just, that's the name of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sci-fi. S-Y-F-Y. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like the early days of sci-fi where it really was yeah. just all sci-fi uh, shit. It was Dave, all about aliens and space and yada yada. Dave Bechet and I watched the other night uh, and had a chat about Alien Apocalypse, which is an old sci-fi movie from around this time, actually. Oh, yeah? And it had Bruce Campbell in it. No shit. And this movie has Bruce Campbell in it. This movie does have a Bruce yeah. Campbell in it. Not the actor. Not the Bruce, but, but the character's name Bruce is Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Which is, of course, I mean, there are tons of other homages to Evil Dead in this. Sure. But that's one of the very obvious very ones. Very obvious ones, right. Um, but yeah, we watched Alien Apocalypse and it's terrible. So. Awesome. <laughs> so this old to sci-fi channel and it didn't really get a big theatrical thing, but it was on TV, I guess. It was on TV, and not a lot of people saw it, I mm. don't think. And then they also ran it for a week in one theater. Ooh, prestigious. Yeah. <laughs> so it the reason why I think this movie isn't talked about more is because just not a lot of people have seen it, even though it's Neil Marshall, who we've, you know, he did The Descent. Right, he, yeah, he directed, which we loved. He, yeah, he directed... Uh, a couple of episodes of Game of Thrones, one of which won an Emmy. The, wow. He did uh, the Blackwater episode. Yeah, he did the Blackwater right. episode and the Watchers on the Wall. He did two battle episodes. Damn, I didn't realize he did both of those. Yeah. Holy he's also shit. directed for Constantine, Hannibal, Westworld. He's the executive producer of Netflix's Lost in Space. Like, he's a well-known name. I'm surprised more people haven't gone, well, let's look at his first movie. <laughs> right. So yeah. maybe, hey, maybe people listening right now, We I know people from other horror podcast listen go check it out maybe talk about it more because it's it's definitely worth seeing to see where uh neil marshall started hmm interesting i don't know if i've seen any of his other movies other than the descent the descent yeah i think the descent and obviously the thrones episodes and stuff i think that might be the only have you seen tales of halloween I don't think so which one is that is that the animated one it's an anthology no um he directed one of the segments. It's good. Tales of Halloween is worth watching, especially around Halloween. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Which is the best time of the year. The best time of year. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'll have to check out more of his stuff because I know a lot of people like some of his other movies. I've, I've heard that a lot of them have kind of good, strong cult followings and stuff. Yeah. So this movie definitely, like we said, has a lot of influences that it wears maybe on its sleeve at times. Because yes. ultimately, if you kind of distill it down, you can you can see elements of Jaws here. For sure. The, the opening is a Jaws opening, except for, you know the nude swimming but the idea is these are two people who aren't main characters in the movie that are there to demonstrate the power of the creature right yeah yeah, yeah. and they get toasted right there in the intro. yeah she gets ripped in half right which was fucking off it was yeah, it so was. brutal was like awesome. the blood just shooting back in his face cool and they didn't even show that like it was a genius way of shooting it because you know it's what happened but you don't see it you know going back to the special effects i will say that is one thing that i noticed is that a lot of this movie, you don't exactly see what happens, but you uh-huh. see the after effects. Yes. You know? It's, it's smart. Theater I mean, of the mind. It's smart when you're dealing with uh, dancers in wolf costumes <laughs> to not try to show them actually causing the damage because it's going to look jokey. It's going to look campy. Right. Well, that's the thing. Is like Ultimately, when you're dealing with gruesome gore and battle damage and stuff like that, the after effect is what's gruesome usually not yes. seeing it happen right you know but like when we see dudes guts that are all hanging out and oh, stuff man Ugh. see that's a thing again i could see why soldiers would like that about this movie because that's a thing that soldiers see yeah is other soldiers guts hanging out and helping them hold them and push them back <laughs> in uh, yeah that does yeah. happen in this. those guys don't always survive but sometimes it's like i had your guts in my hand remember (laughs) that's fucking crazy that was a wild time huh yeah damn you know there's also definite uh elements of aliens in this where we have oh yeah i thought you meant like there are aliens in this but no yes there are several there's the one particular that really um just screamed it to me is when the wolf is like right in the face of the soldier and there's like the spit line from oh the yeah wolf the soldier. oh yes that's very much very alien yeah, yeah. yeah but even just the fact that there's this guy who is trying to capture uh-huh. a werewolf and bring it back to militarize yes. it make it into a weapon i mean that's that's aliens right yeah. there and fucking was it paul riser in there trying to do that paul riser yes he's trying to get one of those aliens and bring it back to weaponize it and it's like that's something that happens in this movie and then it didn't work out so he's like i'm gonna go marry helen hunt yeah maybe i'll try this out you i don't like that show it was very adult it was and it was just kind of depressing and yes i didn't love it oh i remember the episode where because i don't this used to be a thing people did to their babies where they let their baby cry it out right it was supposedly supposed to help the baby feel more in control or whatever okay. but now no one would suggest that you help but there really? was an episode of mad about you where they were letting the baby cry it out and they were out in the hallway and the baby was crying the whole time and it that was like super serious yeah and as a I kid i was like i was like oh man having a baby sucks <laughs> <laughs> that's how i felt when i watched eraser head <laughs> a very similar premise and that is what happens every single time Babies look like that when they come out, and then they become normal. Yeah. Some of them. <laughs> and, of course, obviously, we said the Predator influences this whole oh, yeah. group of commandos. That's the thing that I think is the most, like, even though it's it's not that they do a ton of, like, references 
to Predator, it's like the whole story itself is basically Predator. Right. And then they do the wolf Predator vision. But there, you know, there's no there's no like arm still firing a gun that's been ripped off or sure. anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's got so much of the Predator and it's it's roots mm-hmm. that I think is it's probably the biggest influence maybe i see a little bit of michael jackson thriller in this as well when people start to turn they get those yellow slit eyes contacts man that quincy jones knew how to write a song wait what about have you seen indian thriller oh god yes. Girly ma. <laughs> Girly ma, ma, ma. dude it is amazing yes it is it is the best. Yeah, so a little bit of thriller influence and stuff in there. And like we said, it's riddled with all kinds of other stuff. There's a uh, one of the dudes is named Wells, and his name is H.G. H. Wells. Yeah. Or Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, yeah. There's a lot of homage to so much. It, it really is just a horror lover finally getting his opportunity to make a movie. But it doesn't fall into the... What I would say is... a a terrible trend in horror of remember this person from that horror movie you liked they're in here <laughs> and they're 70 now right like there's not a whole bunch of that like hatchet that's the entire hatchet series oh, it's just man. everybody who's introduced is remember they were in that movie remember you remember that well you hate those hatchet movies i do hate them but One day we'll talk i also about them, i them. also like watching them i would seriously if I, if I could meet the guy who created those i would be very happy to talk to him because i love so many of the kills and i like a lot of it mm. but the thing that i really hate about it is that constant reminder of it's like you went it's like going to a horror conference mm-hmm but like there are also kills in it. <laughs> it's like here's all these people from all these movies you've seen before. Yeah, I know. You could have just hired other actors. But I also think like a lot of those people maybe need money. So I'm glad the Hatchet movies exist. What if it became a thing at cons that washed up horror movie actors? <laughs> you could pay like 50 bucks or whatever and watch them like actually get killed in a way that they died in a movie (laughs) how would they collect the 50 dollars you know don't worry about it all right all right we'll we'll iron out the details after we've gotten everything together (laughs) we got funding trademark dead and lovely okay i'm just saying i just gotta go ahead and take care of this right now i don't i don't know if that's such a good idea (laughs) but But maybe it would maybe yeah somebody out there is probably like yeah okay you know (laughs) I mean, I'd be interested. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Speaking of kills, what do you think about the kills in this movie? Oh, man. The one that I liked the most is when that guy gets out to the barn to the car and turns on the headlights and there's the guy who got ripped out of the window earlier oh yeah yeah and the werewolf rips his head off and throws it at the car he gives it a toss didn't he (laughs) He like he was trying to have a game of footy wasn't he (laughs) he was he was it was footy for sure i like that british people can be so serious but like then also they have all these real cutesy names a lot of cute things yeah yeah but Ooh, like, I'm going to go out and fight my mates after a game of footy. Footy. <laughs> I'm a real hooligan, I am. I'm a hooligan. hooligan. And hooligan, and I hooligan. am. Hooligan. Uh, that's just cutesy to me. When I hear the word hooligan, yeah. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. I think but that's about, like, like, no, no, no. These guys are going to hit each other with yeah. bricks after. <laughs> You're going to die. 
Like, I was killed by a hooligan. What? Oh, that just, sounds like, so cute. I think about like when my brother and I were like five and six years old yeah. and just getting rowdy and my mom would call He's us hooligans. hooligans. Yeah. Yeah. Heathern was what my... Oh, my, Heathern. That's heathern, a good one too. Which, it, for anybody who's not Southern, that is Heathen with an R thrown in because that's how we do it in the South. Yeah. And because that's also how we believe non-religious folks act. Yep. Non-religious folks, they jump on the bed. <laughs> Bunch of heathens. They body slam their brother on the carpet. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> Dude, by the way, P.S. Speaking of red Body slamming your brother on the carpet. Yeah. yeah. If you guys don't follow Little Bubby Child on Who's, Instagram. Wait, hold on. What is this? You are missing Little out. Bubby Child? Little Bubby Child. Okay. Little Bubby Child is this feed that you can follow on Instagram. And this guy just does these like one panel comics. Okay. And he's a guy that... I'm quite sure grew up around here, okay. like literally right here, right? Because he references like Sevierville and shit, like okay. Bristol and Johnson City yeah. all the time. Like yeah. he's one of us, but he does one these little like yeah, these little one panel comics of just like redneck shit that he has like overheard people say or like a family mm-hmm. member has told him. Yeah, and he writes all the text like phonetically as well. <laughs> okay, so. There's like this one, one of my favorites is this this old lady uh, who's like holding her two like little tiny yippy dogs. Uh-huh. And it says something like, I need y'all to hold my, my little Jesse and my little Nathan in your thoughts. They ain't sick or nothing, but I can tell they got a lot on their mind. <laughs> but it's just all this shit that's just like, I've heard people say shit like this. Oh my God. So we used to collect these sayings, uh, some friends of mine. Yeah. And one of my favorites that my friend Chris overheard, and you have to understand the context of this, in the fast stop, you know the fast stop in Jefferson City? Sure, yeah. On, what is that, 92? Uh Uh-huh. A gas station. A man opened the door as though... It were his his bar that he comes into regularly. <laughs> Kicking the saloon door down. Open the door and he says, Guess who's taking me to court on 18th <laughs> saying I beat her? <laughs> to the entirety. But he was talking. Like, but they did know him. They the knew thing. him. Everybody yeah, they were like, Who? Like, hey. It's at Linda again, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell? That is Red incredible. walk into gas stations like they own the place. That's Holy like shit. one of the, that that's is a part thing. of our DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Because I used to hang out at that fast stop. I've when I was 14, yeah. we would walk down there and we'd get like a, a soda and a candy bar and just hang out. How about how about some peanuts and a Coca-Cola? <laughs> and put it, peanuts Hell in a yeah, you'd put them in yeah. there. Just get all your salt and sugar for the day all at once. <laughs> I hope so many. I seriously, because we have a lot of British listeners, but I hope we're getting even more just because of this title and they're like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> That's what proper insanity, dude? isn't it? I'm going down to Tesco to hang out. What's the opposite of jolly good? <laughs> jolly bad. Jolly bad, I say. <laughs> jolly bad. <laughs> jolly bad show. <laughs> Putting the peanuts in the in the soda pop. Yeah. What's next? Popcorn in the sarsaparilla? I think it's appropriate. A movie that's about Geordies that two Southern men are talking about hanging out at a gas station. Because like, they're, they're the Southerners of... Are they? Yeah, basically Geordies. They have a show called Geordie Shore, which is the Jersey oh, Shore Jesus. of England. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> does it smell as bad as New Jersey does? I bet it does. New Jersey smells it's bad. It's less comprehensible than the Jersey kids. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's some pretty cool kills and stuff in here. I like when dude gets his guts all ripped out. That dog's uh-huh. all tugging at the bandage. I thought yeah, that was. A, I thought an that was the guts the first time, but yeah. it was the bandage. Yeah, it could have been the guts and still logically consistent because he survived a werewolf attack and it's the full moon. He's turning into a werewolf. Yeah, his healing. So he's healing up. fast. Yeah, right. One of the the parts in this that I think definitely made me squirm the most is there towards the very end. There's there's that werewolf that's been like impaled by the sword. Uh huh. Which I yeah. love. I Captain love that. Ryan. Yeah, there yeah. you go. The the fact that this thing has a sword sticking out of its chest and adds it's just no big deal, and it adds extra threat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like not only are you being attacked by a werewolf, it's a very pointy werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's extra bad if i were a werewolf i'd just stick swords all through myself and go right. running at just people, run at people. <laughs> that's the way to do it right there <laughs> but I, I, they do demonstrate in this movie that the werewolves feel pain yeah yeah, they, yeah so like it sucked for him but also i don't i guess he probably couldn't get it out oh, hashtag they didn't worth seem it. to have good reach like motor skills right <laughs> but dude, when it's got that dude pinned to the wall, it's got Coop pinned to the wall, and, and it's the, like going through his fucking teeth. Yeah, the sword is like right oh, on his teeth, man, and it makes that scraping life. noise. Oh. oh god, dude, that fucking that did make me ball up in my seat a yeah. little bit right there. That's a very like Fulci move. A scene that made me squirm a bit, but had like personal resonance was where they're trying to super glue his. His wound. Woo, man. He's got to uh, get getting fucked up before he does that, though. The actor, Sean Pertwee, who uh, we've seen before in Event Horizon. He was the oh. pilot. He he wanted to do it method, so he told Neil Marshall, I'm going to have a few drinks. I'm going to get properly tossed. <laughs> well, no, he just said he was going to have a few drinks. Okay. And Neil Marshall was like, oh, okay. And then he went and got fucking shit-faced, oh. basically. All right. So he's not acting drunk in that scene. Oh, I'm proper pissed, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> and because he was drunk and, and they, you know, is hard to coordinate than fake punches. Yeah, yeah. The first punch hit him in the nose. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because he hits him like twice. He's like, knock yes. me out. Yeah. The first punch he hits him in the nose and he calls him a pussy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think that's a continuous yes, shot. It is. So it's not like he hit him. Then they no. stopped. No, he's he like, got oh, hit and his drunk ass was like, me. bring it, motherfucker. <laughs> so he was fucked yeah. up. That's pretty. I really dug that's that. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and they kind of like glue them up. That's what happened to glue. my neck, by the way. Like you super glued it. That well, not me. The hospital. They do do that. Is normal for wound care now because it actually Whoa. instead of doing stitches where you get then stitch holes that heal up maybe scar. Mm. They if they can they will super glue it. Like I had stitches on the muscle on my neck. Jesus Christ! This for those of you guys who are listening oh, right. that don't know, Steve got his fucking neck cut wide open by a bum with a box cutter a That's couple true. years ago. I did. Whoa, um, dude! So it's like a medical grade super glue. It's not what you buy at fucking. Well, the dollar I mean, it's store. like they say in this that super glue was developed for wound for sealing up wounds quickly wow. in war. They have they have stronger stuff now like Dermabond and whatnot, but like. Super glue is still pretty much the thing they go to for closing up wounds if they can. If it's not jagged, mm. mine was luckily done with a razor, so it was straight. You I know say what? luckily. Yeah, <laughs> I was luckily. I, luckily, I almost had my throat cut. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> but it was with a box cutter that was sharp and clean. That was nice of him. I don't know that it was clean because I, I had to go back 
a day later because I had 103 degree fever. Woof. Oh man, that was tortured. They tried to put an IV in me, but I was dehydrated. Ooh, and so they all dried up. Or they something? wouldn't give me water. Going to the emergency room is the worst because yeah. they all assume you're there for drugs. Right. And a lot of people are. I, I told, okay, I went to the same hospital where I got my neck repaired. A day later, I was in the ER. I was telling the nurse what happened, and she was like, uh huh. Uh huh. Got it. Sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. Somebody attacked you. Sure. I still had the bandage. <laughs> and you want some pain pills? Yeah. I'm guessing, huh? Oh, fuck. My God. Is American that the one time you wanted to be like, worst. I'm a Mormon? I did say that. I was really? like, yeah. I said, I am a Mormon. I don't do drugs. <laughs> that was back when I didn't do drugs. Right. And when you and were when a Mormon. I were Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> and when your throat was cut wide open. Yeah. that was. I was a different person then. <laughs> there were three major differences. Open throat, throat cut Steve, wide open. we called you. Open throat Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could be a sexy porn. You know what? Old open throat Steve. <laughs> There's always with that throat that open. That probably is a gay porn. It has to There's be. Probably, there's got to be a guy named Steve who's known for just deep throat and dick. I think that I think that the same story about a guy with a gash cut in his throat was written by the Marquis de Sade. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that sounds like something he would do. Oh, saucy. I, in 120 days of Sodom, I do believe there's some corpse fucking. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Maybe some wound fucking or something. I don't know if there. there's any wound fucking, but maybe there is. I'm just going to suggest nobody Googles wound fucking. Yeah, that sounds gross. I'm going to say stay away from that. Oh, God, that probably exists, though. I mean, the thing is, is that's the rule of the internet. I mean, we know? did talk about this in community college. We called it T-boning. T-boning, yeah, that's right. That? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, it's been forever. Break it down for him. You cut a hole in someone's side and you fuck it. <laughs> that's what we call it T-boning. <laughs> we call it T-boning. <laughs> and, of course, that's disgusting. Boy, we were weird in college. No. We're normal now. No, yeah, everything's fine now. <laughs> yeah, we're totally, totally normal <laughs> citizens now. You know, I will tell you one of my problems with the cast of this movie. Everybody was a was a pretty good actor. I don't uh-huh. think that there's really a lot of bad acting. Mm-hmm. I could not tell these fuckers apart. Yeah, they're all same haircut and look similar. They're just all pasty I, white I, I guys. Tell with them short apart. Hair. Sim, some of them. Cooper is blonde, and his accent is different than his the accent is different. Sean Pertwee, I recognize just because I know him from other. He's Alfred in Gotham. Like he's he's a guy. So I didn't know him, so I was just yeah. like another pasty, short-haired yeah. guy. And then, of course, Liam Cunningham, you recognize. And yeah, then Davos, there's yeah. the lady. Which, P.S., he looked so much younger in this. Davos? Uh, he was. I mean, that's the thing, though. It was yeah. like 2002. It's not that far away, though, from Game of Thrones, is Yeah, it? that's what I'm saying. Like Game of Thrones started eight years ago or something like that. I wonder if like they try to play up his age with like makeup and stuff. Because he would, if a if great he looked beard at, will age anybody. Yeah, because I've seen him in interviews. He, he doesn't look that old. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is too, though, is that this movie isn't exactly shot in the highest of resolutions. No, it is not. And there are certainly moments that aren't don't look good. Still, yeah, yeah. I think that this movie really honestly looks like it could have come out in 1996 or 7. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's the budget they're working on. It's real low. But, I mean, yeah, it was like 2.3 million pounds, which I, I think is close to $4 million in that time. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot, especially considering 
the practical wolf suits, the explosion. Like, that's not a lot of money. Right. That is true. That is true. But it just kind of reminds me so much of like when I was a kid and anytime you'd watch something in like the 80s or early 90s that came from Britain, it looked like it was from 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, like an, a, a British show from 85 looked like it was filmed in 75. <laughs> that is true. That you know? is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's funny. I imagine that has to do with like Margaret Thatcher's austerity measures and stuff because the BBC is it's publicly funded, isn't it? I have no idea. Or is it funded by the Queen? I know that you can't say anything negative about the Queen on BBC. Go save your Queen. <laughs> you, yeah, you could probably say that. Yeah, but it's the BBC, say, like, isn't it? Fuck the Queen, you know. <laughs> could say that. Our British <laughs> listeners are like, "What now?" No, I don't think oh, the monarchy is no, that popular. Oh no, he bloody well didn't. He didn't say that. Not about old Betty. I'm gonna go full hooligan on him. <laughs> Get the bricks, mate. Don't tell me, mum. I'm going to be jumping on the bed like a real hooligan. There's one particular soccer riot where people used newspapers and a rock to make like a tomahawk type of thing. Oh, God. Yeah. And they tested it on something. Maybe it was Mythbusters. Maybe it was Modern Rogue, which is a a YouTube show that is very awesome. Uh, Basically Mythbusters in a lot of ways. But yeah, them hooligans. They made me and my brother seem quite innocent by That's comparison true. with our with our bed wrestling. <laughs> so bed wrestling, honestly, not even that bad in comparison to hooliganing. <laughs> Professional hooliganery. <laughs> hooliganery. That's it, yeah. But I did have a real problem distinguishing who was who in this movie. Like that's one of those things that and we talked about it on the Predator episode. They did such a good job of making those characters individual. You know? uh-huh. And I realize in this, it's like, okay, they are on a military training exercise. Yeah. They would all be wearing matching fatigues right. and having their heads shaved yeah. and not having any personal artifacts on also, them or anything like no that. Also, no military man is that uh, muscular because there's no advantage to being that large when being shot at. Yeah, you're making yourself <laughs> a bigger target. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's that's very true. But yeah, the, 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 the characters, mostly the characters, they get killed. You're right. They are pretty indistinguishable. Yeah. Soap, or not soap, spoon. Spoon. I say soap because the guy who uh, voiced Soap McTavish in Modern Warfare 2 and 3 and also played Tommy in Train Spotting. Mm. Oh, yeah, he's in, in here, isn't he? Yeah. He's in Train Spotting, isn't he? He's in that Train Spotting. I want some heroin, don't I? <laughs> that's, I, I, that's like, I haven't seen Train Spotting in a while, yeah. but I feel like that's what Pretty happens. Sure that's it. Yeah. Describe Train Spotting in one sentence. Oi, I want some heroin, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> that should be a new YouTube series. Just movies in one sentence by Ben and Steve. <laughs> I'm fine with that. That would be short videos for sure. We've got Megan in here who they, they come uh-huh. across. Megan's kind of an, an interesting character in this movie. Yeah. Wild card. It, when we first see it, she comes along in a Jeep and it seems like happenstance, but it turns out she had heard bullets firing. But we also see like like she looks in the rear view and sees Captain what's his name? She sees Davos. Yeah, yeah, Captain Roy. Like, they exchange like a a glance that's like what's going on here? And then she's revealing stuff but then it's also like she there's so many more questions to everything she reveals. But you also don't get that immediately. You're like, "Oh, this is weird. Just somebody out in the middle of 
the forest. No, there's this house where a meal is set up, but nobody's there. Yeah. At that point, it just kind of became sort of obvious that it's like, oh, the the people that were here turned into werewolves, right? Yeah. Interesting thing I noticed on my second watch through, though. That meat in the stew. Mm. Human meat. I had not considered that. They, they're talking about the meat and they say what sort of meat is this they and make one of them a says, reference to it yeah one of them says i don't know i think it's pork but then people later, say that human meat tastes a lot right, like pork yeah later when he's down in the cellar there are all those bodies hanging meaning they keep those bodies around to eat the meat Ugh. so the meat why else would they be too. down there hanging right also interesting about those bodies they're props from event horizon yeah i read that online which is uh, which is pretty cool to know. Yeah, way to be resourceful, guys. Reason and props. Anyway, so yeah, the, like all that setup is suspect, and that's good. It keeps the yeah. tension because you're like, like I don't trust her exactly, and we know Captain what's his name is a bad guy because he shot a dog at the beginning of the movie. Oh man, clearly, clearly any villain. Yeah, will shoot a dog. Yeah, and they all, that was that, I thought that was a very perfect scene to set up the the protagonist and antagonist. We learned that Cooper wouldn't shoot a dog for no reason mm-hmm. and that this guy will. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It immediately shows us he's good, he's bad. And that's the thing about this too is I think that a lot of the dynamic of this movie kind of plays with the the idea of dogs. I mean, it's like a werewolf, a wolf is a a modified dog of sorts. Yeah. I mean, really a dog's a modified, modified wolf, dog, honestly. Yeah. Other way around. Yeah. PS is Frank Zappa reference. Mm. Ele- Evelyn a modified dog. The elite Zappaite will will be overjoyed that I just mentioned that. Anyway, <laughs> so we got these werewolves that are that are dog-like. We've got these soldiers that are trained to obey and do the biddings of their masters. Right. Uh, which we also see as being very dog-like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that in this movie, it's kind of the one that fails training. You know, Coop is, is yeah, the guy he that... Fa- he fails his uh, training with the, the secret service guys or whatever they are. Not yeah, special forces. Special forces, yeah. yeah like his, mean, his domestication doesn't work. Because he refuses to be that. And so he he's being... This good guy, he's like Sean Pertwee's character. He's being this good guy and learning from him instead of... But he had the opportunity to turn to the dark side. He's he's our Luke Skywalker, I guess. Right. He's got his opportunity. He rejects it. He proves he's our hero early on and then continues to prove it. And we find out that basically Cooper and his entire uh, group of dudes that he's with were essentially just used as bait. Yeah, they were called out to bring out the werewolves. And then the special forces guys were supposed to be there to capture one. Right. Basically. But the werewolves show up the night before and kill the special forces guys. Now, that's... That's a little unclear. Yeah, that's a little unclear because they there's never any full statement that the moon, the full moon is a necessity for them to be werewolves. Right. That's it never just, explicitly right. said. So it may be that they are strongest at a full moon, but they can be werewolves around the full moon. Maybe there's a week of time where they can do it. I mean, that's that fits with werewolf mythology. There are other stories like that where you have to be a werewolf for a week or... You're always a werewolf or whatever, but they're they're definitely not only on the full moon. It must seem that way because otherwise, like you said, it's like how could have Davos's uh, battalion been killed before the full moon? And also, apparently, but but you know what? Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this does kind of contradict that. 
in that it takes such care in the intro during all those confusing-ass time jumps that it does, where after that chick gets ripped in half, uh-huh. which is during a full moon, right? four weeks later is where this picks up. So it's right. taking care to show us the next moon cycle. Right. That's when this starts. Yeah. So there... That might be a problem. There know? are some inconsistencies. I mean, there's also the issue of Megan and like how she... She's not a part of this family, but they basically just turned her and she became a part of this family. That's never quite yeah. clear. It's never really clear. Yeah, yeah. They have the whole thing where they're like, oh, you're not in the picture because you're the one taking the picture, but you're a yeah. part of this family. How come she doesn't turn when the other ones turn? She seems to try to control it because she doesn't want to be a werewolf. Does she not want to be? Because that's what it she seems, seems to loyal me. to them because she, she does seem them in the loyal door. to them, but it, it seems like she doesn't want she that or at least i'm maybe i'm assigning that motivation to her because it's the only thing that makes sense yeah right but the movie doesn't make that clear there, there are definitely those logical inconsistencies that are hard to overlook because there was already a revelation about her basically like we get too many revelations about her it's too many twists with her yeah i don't think that it, there really needed to be so many honestly like yeah, whenever she didn't need to be a werewolf no, like it, the that fact didn't that, make me go, oh, shit, yeah. whoa. The fact that she had something with Captain Ryan and she had been working with him and she knows more than she's letting on, that's enough. I mean, it would have been honestly more interesting to me if she was kind of a, uh, what do they call it, when a vampire has like a human that does a, big, oh, right. a, Ren, a uh-huh. Renfield uh-huh. kind of character. Yeah. I mean, if she was basically the a, Renfield. A thrall? Thrall, is that what it is? Not positive. Nah. Yeah. That basically lures these people there. Familiar. As food, a fam- like a familiar. It, yeah. No, is that it? It's Fuck. something like that. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. remember. A Renfield. Let's go with a, a Renfield. Renfield. Yeah. You know? A Tom Waits. Yeah, a Tom mm-hmm. Waits, it's known as. <laughs> that would have been more than enough for me. Okay. I think that that would have been yeah, fine. That would have been know? fine. But, you know, one thing that I, I think that we do get out of this with that whole thing I was talking about a second ago about how Coop and his whole uh, group, you kind of assume that they're the ones where the training didn't take, where they right. wouldn't be obedient to their masters and uh-huh. be dogs and stuff. Ultimately, it's those guys that are self-interested mm. and have their means of self-preservations or thinking for themselves mm-hmm. um, and not just following orders. They're the ones that end up, you know, essentially beating or surviving the the pack animals that act as a group. Oh, okay. You so know what I'm saying? It's like some sort of individuality over pack mentality I think so. type of thing. I think that that's something hmm. that you see running through here. I mean, Coop is pretty much the only one that survives, but yeah, it's huh. because it's because he isn't just part of a pack. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Th- that's something that I got out of it anyway. Yeah, I'm digging that individuality over just following a pack, pack mentality. mentality. I'll tell you an oddly specific complaint I have about this movie that Let's just <laughs> bug me. Sound design issues. Oh yeah, tell me about this. Sound you were design saying this issues. earlier. Yeah. What? So I heard a couple of instances where I was like, "Ooh, that." There was one instance where the they switched angle, and the sound completely changed, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Okay, I, I realized that the angle changed, but like, did you not get sound from that other angle?" That, yeah. Like we need one consistent sound here. It's one of those things, man, where sound design stuff where you're talking about people laying in sound effects uh, for certain things, whether it be punches or gunshots or whatever, it kind of is like that thing that uh, the great bass player Victor Wooten says about playing bass. Okay. He says that playing bass 
you know, good bass playing is kind of like a house having a good foundation. Right. Where nobody ever walks into a house <laughs> and goes, the wow, the foundation is great. Uh-huh. You only notice it if you walk into a house. And it's not great. Exactly. Yeah. And the floors are slanted, you know, and there's like a marble rolling downhill mm-hmm. into the next room. That's yeah, like, when why you Why do you guys keep it. so many marbles? Yeah. Usually I don't notice things like sound design. You know, you, there's, yeah. there's fucking Oscars for it and stuff. And you're like, what do you mean? Every movie has good sound. But you do notice it when it's bad. Yeah, that's true. And in this movie, there were so many, especially gunshot noises that I know have been recycled and in 8 million things and video games yeah. and shit like that. There's certain sound effects that stick out in my head that I've heard used over and over. I mean, well, whether it be like a Wilhelm scream that's in a million yeah. movies but there's one in particular that's in the, a ton the, of movies. The people clapping, and then you hear someone go, oh, man, yeah. yeah that, yeah. I hate hearing that, by the way. Dude, there's one of, of children laughing. Okay. It's just kind of this <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. thing that's in 8 million fucking movies. It drives me insane. Okay. Um, one that ends up in a lot of movies, especially sci-fi stuff, is the door opening sound from Doom. Whenever you open a door oh, okay, and it goes, yeah. uh-huh. it's in a lot of sci-fi wow. stuff. Wow. It's not in this, but I'm saying a lot of the gunshot noises and stuff like that are obvious recycled things that are not coming from those guns and are not, and again, this is Ollie specific, but definitely not the sounds of how those guns or whatever would sound in that room. Okay, yeah. It sounds like those gunshots are taking place on a soundstage, not inside of a cottage. Yeah. And again, I know that's oddly specific, but it's one of those things where every time... Stuff would you know start being shot. I would be like, okay, there's no big percussive compressed sound that right. you know firing a a heavy rifle or assault rifle in a small room would have. Yeah, I, I know gotcha. that's weirdly dialed no. in, but it really bugs well, me. If you notice it, it's an issue. Yeah, yeah, like yes, it's worth talking about for sure. Also, guns with no re- recoil always drives me insane. <laughs> like yeah. people just fire these heavy assault rifles uh-huh. and there's no kickback whatsoever. <laughs> eh, it just always kind of bugs me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, there are some things that like just tiny things that get everybody and I think usually it has something to do with the thing you're most interested in. Like my wife yeah, hates probably. it in movies when someone rips their IV out. Because if they did that, they would be squirting blood out Ooh. of... Yeah, like... That does happen in movies and stuff yeah, all the time. You yeah? can't do that. You can't do that. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was planning impo- on trying it one I day. I mean, it's possible, but it's... it's you don't want to. Damage your... Yes, you're going to have blood squirting out. People do just kind of yank those things out pretty casually. They do like, it all they? the time. Yeah. I absolutely... Speaking of needles and blood, I absolutely hate every time I see in a movie that they insist on showing that they have a fake needle like we didn't all grow up with mechanical pencils. We know that you can make a needle look like it's going into a vein. We don't need to see it every time. Just the motion with the needle towards the vein. Got it. I know where that's going. Don't need the close-up of the needle going in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You pay attention to stuff that bugs you, and like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah obviously, you know, playing music and stuff, sound, sound, sound. design stuff bugs yeah. me. This also just has that. I've, I've mentioned this before. Cheap European soundtrack. Yeah, it just sounds like stock Euro uh, the, movie. I would and, say, and, and TV a lot soundtrack. of this has to do with just budget. budget absolutely. Yeah. So. Like if they had had a friend who was a sound designer, it would probably have sounded better. Yeah, but, it sounds like all stock, like yeah. uh, royalty free. 
music and soundtrack and yeah, stuff. Didn't really do not much a lot for to me. say. And then, of course, they play Claire de Lune. Yeah, Claire de Lune's in there. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is which Moonlight. Is a moon reference. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of other little, just kind of fun things like that that they buried into the movie. There's references to all kinds of fairy tales, like uh-huh. Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff in there. Like, I, I really liked... And, of course, uh, Neil Marshall had so much time with the script. You're going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to throw in these little things. But then you also have things like the Matrix reference. There's a Matrix reference. In there this. is no spoon. They say after yeah. Spoon dies. That's uh, that's. I didn't like. That. I didn't. I didn't really like that. That's one of those things. that's just like so. You're telling me this came out while the Matrix was still relevant. Got it. Yeah. There was also when Megan was given her like final sort of like I'm a vampire speech. Where I'm a werewolf. <laughs> She's she had so many quips that it was like it seemed very obvious they were like okay we're gonna record these and we'll pick the one we like yeah let's do these for options but instead they were like no we'll put them all in and I just wanted to read some <laughs> yeah give me a few of these I, here I, I just didn't like these at all so like a give give me these in like a wrestling promo kind of way being nice to women will get you nowhere <laughs> brother that's what she says. Then, she says, you may think they're all bitches, but I'm the real thing. I mean, that's that's bad. That's, that's real bad. bad. That's like a Luna Vachon quote. And then, of course, it's that time of the month. Oh, dude, that was the one where I was like, did you really have to? Yeah. Did you really have to yeah. do that? Though, I mean, I, I get... Like, because you were asking about yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I did bring it up. Yeah, and, right, and, right. and Ginger Snaps is an entire movie that basically is that oh, sort really? of idea. Yeah, that it's a it's relatable to a period, a twenty eight day cycle. Huh? Yeah, that's funny because like as but I was it's watching, a, it is a bad line. It's a cool yeah, concept, but it's a yeah. bad line. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, because as I was watching, I was thinking about that stuff. Like I said, moon cycles and. Uh-huh. Getting ornery and bloodthirsty and yeah. stuff. I was like, I wonder if anybody's ever done like a period werewolf yeah. movie. Watch Ginger Snaps. I guess Ginger Snaps, yeah. huh? Right on. Catherine Isabel's in that. She's great. What do you think about the very ending of this movie? We've got our main guy. Predator King. ending. Well, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Predator ending, but then the very ending being. Tabloids. Yeah. Him being going back and saying my platoon was killed by werewolves. And of course, they, people reacted the way they would react, which is No. You're crazy, and the only people that would show it is a tabloid yeah. that shows it under the score of that footy game they kept talking about, which is fun. It is fun. There, like, there's good humor in this, but it it's not well balanced. Yeah, some of the comedy elements in here, I didn't really. I mean, nothing ever really got that good to me. Like, there's no. there's no. I mean, like again, Predator has good comedic elements in it. It does. That's true. A lot of good shit talking in there. Uh-huh. Got a lot of body jokes from Shane Black. He's got that Jesse, the body Ventura. Just, I mean, that's always fun. He talks and I laugh because yeah. his, his voice sounds... Wait, I, <laughs> that's pretty good. You're I'm the it. governor of Minnesota. <laughs> it's me, Jesse, the body Ventura. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Yeah, the humorous stuff in here, I didn't really get into very much. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it was lost on me because I don't have that... that Jordy slang. So oh, yeah, I didn't there were, understand there, stuff about being bone. <laughs> I don't think that that's a thing because I looked yeah. it up. I think that that was a thing that they did for the movie, and it it is specific. Like she does specifically say, yeah, "You keep like, saying this, and mean? I don't get it." Yeah. Which I think they 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 used it as like an inside joke, but amongst this 
squad. Okay. Yeah. But it's not something... I don't think British people say, this is bone. Right. French people do. They say, sassy bone. Sassy bone. Sassy bone. Oh, sassy bone. They do that. This is so romantic when you talk like this. Je suis le boeuf. <laughs> Je suis le boeuf. I Je am suis beef. La ananas. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh-huh. Sounds very romantic. I know. Very romantical. So apparently they did plan on maybe doing some sequels to this, right? Yes, there was a plan. The Particularly when she gets her blood, like she gets that piece of glass in her hand. Oh, right. There, there was that was supposed to be sort of a setup for they were gonna be able to use the werewolf DNA, oh, like swab it, swab it, yeah. use the werewolf DNA to make these super soldiers, perhaps. Okay, that's an interesting yeah. idea, and I would I would like it if he were able to do that now that he has more money and could make it the way you know he would want it to be made and with some better sound design, one might imagine. I should hope. Yeah, I should. I mean, I had no complaints about the sound design in the descent. No, that's true. Which, to, to put that into, into perspective, too, like how I was saying this looks like it came from fucking 1996. Yeah. Like, The Descent came, like, three years after this. Yeah, and it looks great. And it looks like a modern yeah. movie. Yeah, this is... Yeah, it does. You're right. This does look behind. And it feels like a made-for-TV movie. That's the thing about it. It's like, I know you just said that they sold it to Sci-Fi because yeah. Sci-Fi bought it, but... I wonder if the version that I saw had commercial edits built into it. There's a lot of fades to black. Huh. There's one part in the middle of the movie, like around when they well, get to yeah, the house, I mean, there's, it, it, there's the f- two black fades like in a row. Right. Very distracting. Huh. I mean, yeah, they probably would have thrown those in for the commercials. Yeah. Because wa- watching it not knowing that I it was... I didn't even think about that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because watching it, not knowing that it was a straight-to-TV thing... Yeah, it's like, why is this happening? Yeah, I was like, it feels like there's supposed to be a commercial for Juicy Juice here. And there was. Yeah. Well, there's probably a commercial for Sunny D. Right. Mm-hmm. P.S. Went through a huge rabbit hole the other night where we watched a bunch of 80s commercials yeah. on YouTube. You watched that Sunny D one? I didn't get to that Sunny D one, but there was a lot of we old... got milk, like, purple stuff. OJ, oh, Sunny D. Sunny D. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I always hated Sunny D. It's gross. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where the the advertisements were so effective uh-huh. that we would like go to the store and be like, "Mom, let's get I some like Sunny it. D." And then we get it, and I'd be like, "It feels like it's coating my teeth." <laughs> it, well, it had all sorts of weird stuff in it. It was. It, I don't think there was any juice. No, at all. Is it just me, or could you never get it cold enough? Like even after yeah. it'd been like in the back of the fridge, <laughs> you know, for days, like, it was like this should be colder. Yeah, like the viscosity wasn't probably right. Pl- propylene glycol in it, right? That's antifreeze. Yeah, and they put it in food, and it's weird. Eh, don't worry about it. The kids love it. Yeah, awful aftertaste. I remember too. being greasy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it had a greasy kind of yeah. feel to it, which again is probably the, the antifreeze stuff. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> which is also pro- probably why it can never be cold enough. Yeah. <laughs> it literally could Just pour that into your, your radiator, drive through the desert. You'd be all right. <laughs> you probably could is the thing. You probably could. So the pacing of this movie is fine, I guess. But I, I mean, because I couldn't tell most of the characters apart and I didn't feel like they had a ton of personality, like yeah. I kind of stayed a little bored through this movie. Did you? Okay. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, like this is one of those flicks that, you know, again, tons of our fans have told us they love. They want us to cover this on the show. I know a lot of people that really dig it. If you go on IMDb, you'll see 
so many tens and mm-hmm. nines getting yeah. thrown around of people that love it. And after I watched the movie the other night, and I was like, that was kind of boring. Didn't love it. Okay. Uh, I, I went on IMDb, and there's like all these you know glowing reviews about it. And I was like, oh, man, this must be one of those things where they hired a bunch of people to write fake no, reviews for I this. Think, and then and then I met you, and you were yeah, like, I like the movie. I and I was like, lot, oh, yeah. I, I had a lot of fun with it. some people really like this yeah. movie. I don't know, man. It just has that thing for me where I didn't really care about a lot of the characters. Okay. I think the premise is fine. It's not, like, amazing, but it's okay. it's fine. I mean, I like the idea of the military trying to capture a werewolf to weaponize it and using this other group as bait. Yeah. I like Davos. That could have been played up maybe more, that, yeah. that plot. But more yeah. of a betrayal. Like, right. I thought we were brothers, weren't we? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Well, what you going to throw this? What's your rating? You know, overall, when I'm thinking about this movie, I, I cannot, I can't tell you that the visual effects aren't, impressive yeah they're great especially considering that this was done in the age where cgi was just kind of becoming a thing and everybody was jumping on it well that's that he they actively wanted to go against cgi really? because they hated that i mean they obviously are horror lovers and the movies that they went to uh pay homage to like aliens evil dead etc those were practical all effects practical movies. effects yeah, yeah they wanted practical effects I just can't believe that anybody in that time period of like the late 90s and early 2000s was like, that CG looks great. It looks great. great. <laughs> yeah, like they watched The House on Haunting Hill and they were like, wow, that really looks good. No. No, it's like you were going, wow, they're doing crazy things with computers these days. But you weren't saying that looked good. No. There's no way. No. So I respect the fact that, you know, in the day and age where all that stuff was just becoming the mega hype thing that you put into your movie because it's some hip new technology. I uh-huh. do respect the shit out of the fact that they're like, no, let's just put people in costumes, yeah. not show them very much, have mm-hmm. a hand stick through a mail slot and right. kind of grapple about, uh, have some people with yellow contacts and let's blow up a miniature house with a little Jeep in front of it. Overall, I just, I just don't care about the characters that much. Like if this movie had okay. a bunch of characters that I think I really liked and had a good idea of their of their okay. personalities and their character traits and stuff, I probably could have got into it a lot more. But as it was, I was just like, okay, this looks weirdly old for how mm-hmm. old it actually is. I can't tell the characters apart. The sound design is terrible. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it, man. Okay. I, I went into it wanting to really like it. Well, obvious. And I, I can't even really give you a particular reason like why that I didn't enjoy it that much. I just didn't really dig it that much. Like, okay. I am in no rush to watch this again. Okay. Thought it was kind of boring. Cool stuff in it. I loved when they were, like, trying to escape through the house and they are punching through walls and shit like that. Yeah. It's cool. There's good Give parts about number. it. Give me some number. What it is. I'm going to say on a scale of a 1 to 10, listen, you might think I'm crazy. Uh-uh. I'm giving it a 4. I know. I'm saying I do think I'm you're saying crazy. below the median level. What do you got? What do you think about? I I liked the movie. I really I enjoyed the homage. I liked the characters, though I agree with you that there were more bodies than characters. Yeah, that's a good way yeah. to put it. And there are some logical inconsistencies that don't fit. But I had a ball watching it. Yeah. And I think the story is consistent. It's believable. 
there are so many times where I'll say that it is yeah it, it is believable. Yeah. Sorry, it is believable. You're all right. In, in that real life isn't always the most exciting right. thing where everybody is some unique crazy character caricature True. of a person. You know, but also they react the way you would expect people to react to being told werewolves exist, where it's just like no, they don't, and that's crazy. So, right. and like even the first time we see them, them seeing the werewolves out in the open. Who's our guy? Cooper, our mm-hmm. main guy, says, "Don't, don't stare at them, because he's treating them like animals. Like it's a wild animal. Don't look it in the eye. We're like it's just a wild animal we've never seen. Mm. It's a very normal, natural reaction that wouldn't be like that's a fucking werewolf because werewolves aren't real. Right. This is clearly just some large yeah. animal. Yeah. So I think the writing is pretty, pretty stellar from time to time, but it." it falls apart a bit with some of the logic and with some of the lines where I'm just like, it just doesn't sound natural. It doesn't sound how this person would talk like Megan in particular. She's all over the place, but I had a great time watching it. So that boosted up for me and I like werewolf movies (laughs) and I like the way the werewolves look in this. Oh my gosh. Oh my werewolves. (laughs) John Travolta. How have we not done a John Travolta this whole episode Uh, yet? Oh my God. He, he called me and he asked me to please stop talking about how he's a werewolf. Hollywood Steve. It's me. It's John Travolta. I'm on my private jet. Listen, please don't tell people I'm a werewolf. I don't know that I've ever said werewolf before in my life, but people are always making this joke at me about talking about werewolves. He's a werewolf, though. Yeah. I know it to be true. That's a true story. Yeah. <laughs> so, where are you at? I'm going to say six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah. Oh, you, he liked this movie, I didn't like he? I liked it a good bit, didn't I? It's a real quality piece of film in it. Yeah. Our British accents are fucking superb. Oh, they're they're perfect. That's why we have so many British listeners. That's true. It really reminds me of being back uh, in me mother's arms, doesn't it? I think it? it is why we have so much so many Australian listeners cuz they're oh, like, right. yeah, that is what British people sound like, right? <laughs> British people, they sound ridiculous. <laughs> That's my Australian accent, y'all. That's pretty good. Didgeridoo, koala. Koala. Oh, watch out for the drop bit. That's uh, still British. Yeah. Yeah. The, okay, so there's one thing I've been working on this Australian accent ooh, ooh, I'm, I'm for a enticed. long time, and there's one thing I can say very Australian. The stites. Stites. <laughs> the way they say states. Ooh, yeah, that is It's like it. there's an I in there. Instead it, of an A. Yeah, the stites. Stites. <laughs> it's in the stites. <laughs> yeah, that works, actually. Yeah. They drink Fulsters in the stites. We don't drink at beer, ear. Not ear. Not in Australia. I'm a roo. Sometimes they put the R at the end of yeah, Australia. Well, yeah, throw Australia, that R in there. Yeah. So Australia's like an entire continent, and they probably have several different accents. Oh, I'm sure. And all of our Aussie listeners are like, it's fucking blasting ACDC, getting pissed off at us. Like, oi, mate. That's not how I talk. Get off of me, wannabe. Get off here. Crikey. Oh. <laughs> I've just been bitten by the dingo. <laughs> They're probably always saying. That's true. I mean, dingo bites. Crocky, so many like poisonous spiders in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they say that several times every day. Several times. Several Crikey, times. So many spiders. So many poisonous spiders in my, in my house. house. Yeah. Just a little remark. 
It's true, though. An observation. They aren't wrong. And then they go to their bathroom, and there's a shark. <laughs> yeah, taking yeah. a shower. Taking a shower. It's a wear shark. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> keeping them hydrated out there. Yeah. It's just Jaws 4 that makes me think this, but for some reason, I think that if a shark were to talk, it would roar. Oh, yeah, I think so. Because in, ja- in Jaws 4... Jaws roars. Oh wow! He like comes up out of the water. And he's like, Roar! <laughs> I like it. And I think they got it from. There's a scene in like there's a moment in Jaws one where the sound of the water rushing into the animatronic kind mm. of sounds like a roar. And I think that whoever was making Jaws four was like, Yeah, I think it's supposed to roar or something like a lion. What was that thing I was saying about sound design? About how we just notice it when it's really bad. Yes. Now, as we said on next week's episode, we're going to be going with a a Patreon supported listener pick due to our new periodical drawings that we're going to be doing for you guys on the what, five dollar level and above. Uh, we're going to be in twenty eight days later, which I'm astounded that we're not done yet. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the best zombie movies yeah. ever. For real, yes. Um, may, keeping our British streak going on, so we'll get to keep doing our charming British accents more. Oh, good. And then we do Harry Potter after that. So, oh, yeah. Oh, man. You guys God. are getting like a our month. Our British listeners are like, fuck this. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah, I'll put this one on snooze for I'm sorry. No, weeks. they're more like, bloody hell, mate. Oh, bloody hell. Down to that Tesco with me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this podcast is a piece of piss, usually. <laughs> But when they do their British accents, I can't, I oh, can't have it. God save the queen. God save the queen. <laughs> I think I'll just go down and have a, a tea and a biscuit. A pint of bitters. A pint of bitters and just try to forget all this nonsense. Give me a pint of the brown. It's a real spot of bother listening to this show. <laughs> it is. That's true. It a is a spot of bother. I wish, yeah. I wish like a British listener a would go wicket. in and review this on iTunes and say it's a real spot of bother. If someone does that, please do. high five from us. Please, yes. please, please do. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking 28 days later next week. In the meantime, you guys be sure to follow us on the social media platforms. Uh, at Dead Lovely Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's correct. We have the Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast group on Facebook. Two for two. We got a Dead and Lovely discord server if you want to get on it i have posted the link in the past but you can just email and i'll send you a link god darn right Uh uh-huh you can also email us at dead and lovely pod at gmail.com that's right and you guys be sure to support us on the patreon page at patreon.com slash dead and lovely and if you just want to send us a lump sum of money you don't want to uh commit to something monthly you can catch us on paypal.me forward slash dead and lovely yes indeed and we love drinking beers from all over the country as long as they are not poisoned, I will always reiterate That's true. This I would always prefer anything I ingest to be not poisoned. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. just in general. I'll try yeah. to avoid the poison whenever I can. You guys be sure to drop us an email, and we'll give you a, a, a location to send some beers to if you guys want to show off the best brews your hometown has and to And we offer. would love to drink your hometown brews. We'd love to get a pull. We've gotten so many great ones from New Mexico, Michigan, Georgia, California, all over the place. California. Over the place, Tons of stuff yeah. from Ohio, from uh, oh, RDM. Yeah. yeah, so much good stuff out there. Yeah. We love to taste our way through the nation. That's right. Well, we'll be seeing you guys next week talking about 28 Days Later. You all have been better than we deserve. We've been dead and lovely. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And we'll see you guys real soon. Goodbye. Bye.
They came from outer space. We wasn't expecting them. We heard they was from space north, which is a little odd considering there ain't no real north and south directions in space. But we figure space north must mean anywhere that ain't here. And if ain't from here, I don't trust them. Uh-huh. Coming down here, carpet bagging. Uh-huh. Trying to pull our kids out of our space mines. <laughs> down here, we got kids, of course, mining space. I do say, good sirs, I, I do not think that the children should be mining the comets. They are awful young and the, the workplace conditions are, are quite terrible. Hey, now, don't be coming from up north with your damn alien speak. There, there, there's no north in space, sir. Mm-hmm. That's what you want me to believe. The Earth's flat. My word. Up is north. Duh. The space south will rise again. <laughs> That's us.